What's Your Position podcast may contain adult themes, sexual discussions, and strong language. We want everyone to be educated, but we are intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Live from WIP Studios in Huntington Beach, California, this is What's Your Position. On today's show, we talk about sexual education in America with guest Bree, that sex lady. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant and die. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have sex standing up. Just, just don't do it, okay? Promise. Now everyone take some rubbers. And now your host, Ashley Weller. Welcome, fellow humans, to another episode of What's Your Position podcast. We are doing a full frontal today all about sex education in America. You know, that quote has stood the test of time um, and deserves to be probably at the beginning of every single one of our episodes. Uh, And Mean Girls just came back onto Netflix, everybody, so if you need to get your fill of Mean Girls... Uh, that is pretty much in a nutshell, the sex education that we are living in in America. Just don't have sex because you'll get pregnant and die. And, (laughs) and right now it's fact. So fun fact, I realized that someone wise told me, Ashley, it would be really great if we got some really cool, new, interesting, educated people on this podcast. Like, get some people outside of, you know, your own circle. That actually know what they're talking about? Like, get some people. Like, (laughs) And I said, okay, bet. And I went on Instagram and I was like, whose page do I follow and whose page do I steal most of my stories from? (laughs) And... You, sex lady, are one of them. Uh, and I sent out messages, as one does when one has a podcast and one wants to uh, network. Um, where do you, I mean, they need to have like a podcast conference or something so that we can go network or like a some sort of conference. Where oh, we, I think I they do have the National Sex Ed D- Do you go? Conference. No. <laughs> neither. It's been so locked down. <laughs> it's COVID. None of us could do a damn thing. So I went on Instagram and I was like, hey. <laughs> hey, girl. You don't know me, uh, but I have a sex podcast and I too am a sex educator and I would love if we could collaborate and lo and behold, you responded (laughs) and now we're best friends. Uh, Podcast is over. Thank you very much. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming and uh, please tip your waiter. Uh, No, I mean, I have to say anytime, I mean, our community is so small. Oh God. And I have reached out when I first started on Instagram and, um, you know, the nature of our page and I got a lot of unseedy, <laughs> seedy things yeah. coming through. So I reached out to other pages I followed and like everyone was jumping and helping. So yeah, our community, the second you reached out and like, you know, I could look at your page, I see your stuff, I follow you, listen to yeah. you. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. totally, 100% would do this. And I, I got to go on to Justin Lee Miller's podcast, Sex mm. and Psychology. Yeah, no, see, he's one in the group we all know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I fangirled. Yeah. I little, my voice cracked. I'm literally, I literally fangirled. Dude, I, fangirled I fangirled for you. <laughs> I, I, like, that was the first time he's a babe. He's a babe. <laughs> yeah. He's a babe. Total yeah. babe. And I got to do two po- episodes with him and our listenership just exploded because mm. 
because of him. And so I'm forever thankful for people who yeah. uh, in this community want to collaborate. April and Renee, when when we did the Platonic Life Partners mm. episode. Um, Got to check, check in with them again. We do need to check in yeah. with them. Actually. Have them come down here this we time. We should. I know. We totally <laughs> should. Uh, it's a really fascinating episode, by the way. If you haven't listened to it, it's the first episode of season two. Um, and I actually think this is going to be the first episode of season three. So I, I feel like that's that's a great. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling it right now. I'm feeling like this is this is the beginning of, of season I guess three. That's it's, official. We're doing it's seasons. official. We're doing season. <laughs> we, we had a conversation it's a, the other it's day. It's official. It. We're like, doing seasons. OK. All right. Uh, so thank Congrats. you for being our first. <laughs> Congrats on that decision right here. <laughs> Thanks for being That's our how first. the podcast runs. We talk about it on the podcast. We do. Like, what do you think about this? I just mm. love that I reach out to people and and then and they reach back. You're right. It's a hard mm. community to. Uh, it's a it's a small community and it's a dangerous one. Mm. I mean, it's it's hard to teach this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a difficult space to navigate and it's fun as hell though like oh, so fun which man, is why we stay in it <laughs> exactly right and because it changes every day and yeah. I love that it changes mm-hmm. I love that things aren't stagnant they mm-hmm. don't stay the same we get to fight about things and get passionate about things and one of the things that I'm super passionate about oddly enough is sex education and it really began it was really the reason that I started this podcast this it's why I started teaching it's why I went to school it's why I got my bachelor's degree was because I wanted to educate people about sex and I didn't know which part I mean did I want to just talk about birth control do I want to just talk about the penis did I want to just talk about relationships Mm -hmm. do I want to be a marriage and family therapist do I want to educate people on how to have better sex and I kind of wanted to do all of it like a greedy asshole I think uh, those of us who probably think about it for a second we think oh well maybe just teach and then when you get in there you go like oh my gosh the avenues for mm-hmm. which you can explore. Like I mean, I had mentioned to you like, Oh man, you could go into like pleasure realm and yeah. like sex toys yeah. and masturbation yeah. and dungeons and BDSM. And like, there's all these different avenues. How to like, do you teach just adults? Do you teach kids? Do we were you just, teach just talking about aging. Care. <laughs> Hello, elder care. Which by the way, they need a lot they of it. Totally do. We actually, it, this is something we've mentioned, but not done an entire episode on, but the fact that STIs are on the rise Mm-hmm. In, se- in the senior population because of our good friend <laughs> <Yeah>. Viagra um, <laughs> yeah. and also because women yeah. live longer than men and there's more women and they're still horny and there's just one guy so yeah. one guy has chlamydia yeah. guess what all five girls in that area you know yeah thank you for being a friend it's it <laughs> yep, sucks exactly. like so yeah I mean you could focus on just one area or you could you know the newest one being in cinema intimacy coordinators wow yeah that's another avenue I explored possibly doing. So now like HBO and Netflix, they all have to have an intimacy coordinator. Is so it for like, consent and yep, for, mm-hmm. for euphoria? Yeah. You know, oh. all those. Mm, oh they all have an intimacy coordinator there and most likely they're sex educators because Dude. they know how to like, you know, make it, you know, make sure there's consent. Get me sure a job as an intimacy sure. coordinator, please. Yeah. I'll send you some links. I haven't worked please. on too many intimate scenes. Not like that. But I, I bet you they also mm. have a, a. They're in the field of like dancing too. I bet you they have a little bit of choreograph theater. Yep. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I was watching behind the scenes of Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. They have a dude that does all. He's like teaches them all the hand. St- that's his oh, whole job. Wow. And he looks into like 
I teach him this because this is. You mean he's, he he's speaks a, sign language? Basically, well, they, they hired him, he <laughs> yeah. hired him because he's like this YouTube video guy that can can do oh, crazy. I, I can't even do it. Like crazy hand dancing. Hand. Yeah, basically, yeah. So he's like, they're like, oh, this is perfect for Doctor Strange. Let's hire him and damn, steal some of those. Yeah. There's actually an interview recently with Chris Pine where he talks about the intimacy coordinator on um on the James Corden show, that, yeah. and he says now they're usually they're bringing in intimacy coordinators, and he says you know it's a great new thing they're doing. So even they're like they're Shh. noticing. It. Mm-hmm. I'll look into it. Actually. Yeah, yeah. So Thank I mean, you. that's another avenue. There's yeah. just so There's much so to much explore. To explore and, and the before this episode, I was laughing with Robert because my brother had called me, and he, I was like, "I'm doing a podcast." He's like, "Oh, what's the topic today?" And I said, "Sex education." And he goes, "Haven't you done that already?" And I was like, "No, actually, I haven't." And Robert goes, "Well, that's just it's kind of because that's your whole podcast. Like your whole mm-hmm. podcast is just sex education. But mm-hmm. this one is specific, right? So we're specifically talking about the state of sex education mm-hmm. in America. We're not necessarily talking about how great it is to educate people. <laughs> because it is. I love yeah. it. It's amazing. Yeah. We're talking about what is currently taking place in America when it comes to educating people not just Mm -hmm. children Mm -hmm. and not just teenagers um but adults too Mm -hmm. about their sexual bodies about their sexual needs about their sexual health and this extends beyond intercourse sex Mm -hmm. extends outside of just having pound town Mm -hmm. there's more to it so much more so much thank goodness so much more to it and to be able to teach someone autonomy and consent and pleasure and self-pleasure and um safe sex Mm -hmm. i mean that's what i did for 10 years was just teach people about stis Mm -hmm. and, and pregnancy and how to prevent both of those things right but to give someone this knowledge as they grow, as they age, as they enter into puberty, as they go through the hormones, as they enter into their sexual beings and their sexual selves, and then beyond, while they're still having sex and engaging in sex, and to be able to educate individuals throughout their life on a basic need like sex mm-hmm. is more imperative than I think people will ever understand, unfortunately. Well, because they didn't get the education. (laughs) Because we weren't there. (laughs) I mean, that's what I keep telling myself. Yeah. Because they just don't know. No, they don't. So. Yeah. That's where I come in. (laughs) So I have some um, interesting... uh, Interesting things. And then I'm going to give you my tip of the day. Okay. Nearly 70... Excuse me. Nearly 750,000 teenagers in the United States will become pregnant this year. Half of all new sexually transmitted STIs, half of all new ones, not just chlamydia and gonorrhea, that's actually 75%. Half of all new STIs are going to be diagnosed in young people, ages 15 to 24. I've said both of these things numerous times, right? The United States not only ranks first among developed nations in rates of teen pregnancy, but also in rates of abortion and rates in sexually transmitted infections and diseases, and we are slowly creeping up there in Uh, infant and mother mortality rates as well. Only 38 of America's 50 states have any, any sex education laws whatsoever. And it doesn't even mean that those laws are good. It's just a law. And 30 of those promote abstinence until marriage. So 38 of 50 states require sex education in some form, but 30 of those. So, um, 
80% of them require its abstinence only. Eight include all components of sex, uh, comprehensive sex education. California is one of those states as well as Washington State, which has one of the best comprehensive sex mm. education curricula I have ever seen. Mm. And if I was going to take curriculum to the state capitol, I would borrow Washington's and take it to them because it's so mm. freaking good. Yeah, isn't it like their Seattle curriculum? Or the King County that? curriculum. Yeah, yeah it's it. real good. Yeah. <laughs> when you See, t- like we get talking to <laughs> I know. I can't say that to just any educator. <laughs> it's got oh, Martin Luther King. It's got yeah. Martin Luther yeah. King. You guys are talking it. shop. Yeah. That's what it is. It's just like my film friends and anytime, I talk about. Yeah. Anytime you type yeah. in comprehensive sex education and you look up curriculum, mm-hmm. that's the first King County mm-hmm. comprehensive Seattle's sex. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Seattle Metro. Yeah, it's great. So uh, I wanted to give a yeah, few. Did, but did you know that Pulp Fiction was also produced by Danny DeVito? Here's a little fun fact for you. Fantastic. Thank was you really? very much. <gasps> yeah, there you go. I love Danny Crazy. DeVito. Uh, so that takes me into my tip of the day. Tip of the day. Thirteen good reasons to talk to your child about sex. Why 13? Because 15 is too many and 10 is not enough. Sounds unlucky. <laughs> you want me to do 11 instead? No, nah, it's two Stranger Things. Right. Do a, a, well, 11's good because uh, do spinal, uh, spinal Tap. Okay, it goes to 11. It goes to 11. I'll, I'll uh, squish. You can do 13. Okay. <laughs> I'll just remove two. Give them as many. I was thinking 20. Give them more than There's that. actually more, right? Yeah. There's more reasons than 13. But 13 go. reasons to talk to your child about sex. And when I say the word child, I'm not just talking about your teenager. I'm talking about your child, the person that you gave birth to and being able to talk to them about their anatomy and their health and everything. Mm. So number one, you want to make your uh, child feel positive about their body. So if you're able to talk about body parts and use the right words, the right phrases, the right Mm -hmm. terms, help them understand um, how to love themselves, how to love their bodies, how to be thankful for their little legs that carry them everywhere and be thankful for their butts that let them land on the ground and not get hurt so bad and be thankful for things that are on you. So being body positive is one reason to talk to your children about sex. Another one, healthy gender identity. Your child will feel good about what their gender is and how to express it. So if you begin talking to them about uh, sex and gender, um, it'll help them become a more developed and more well-rounded individual when they do I end up identifying themselves um, in whatever way they're going to. Your child will appreciate and accept other people's individual differences. When you talk about sex, when you're open about sex, uh, we talk about the things that are different in everyone's sex Mm -hmm. life. We talk about how a girl has those parts and a boy has those parts. We talk about how um, older people look one way and younger people look another way and that different skin color, different body shapes, different body types. So being able to appreciate other people and differences within other individuals. Talking to your kid about sex is actually going to help you have better communication with your child all Mm. around. Being able to communicate about a taboo topic It's only taboo because society says it is. Being able to communicate about something as taboo as sex with your child will help them feel more comfortable talking to you about other things and help them feel more comfortable talking to other people. And maybe they can actually create better lines of communication with uh, future partners and with their friends as well. 
It can help them recognize boundaries. Um, they're more likely to understand appropriate versus inappropriate behavior when you begin talking with them about sex, about who trusted adults are, about what no means, about what stop means. They're going to be more accepting of change and they're going to be more accepting of uh, physical and emotional changes within themselves, within their bodies. Um, they're going to begin to accept things like puberty, um, when their friends go through emotional changes or have issues sexually or need have questions they want to ask. They're going to be more accepting of that. They're more likely to report inappropriate sexual touch. So studies have shown that when children feel that they can go to an adult about topics such as sexual abuse, they are more likely to report someone who is inappropriately touching them or friends. They are more likely to be less vulnerable to exploitation and sexual abuse. Uh, this goes for young children, but it also goes for adults as well. Uh, individuals who report comprehensive sex education both in the home and in school are less likely to be victims of sex trafficking and prostitution. Your teen is more likely to make informed and responsible sexual decisions. So once you begin this conversation in their younger years, um, which is age appropriate and health focused, you can also begin having a conversation with them about what it, it, what it means to be sexually safe, sexually responsible, and how to make better decisions and have sexual values that you can all agree upon. It is absolutely 100% proven that if you talk to your kid about sex, it actually delays the onset of losing their, hitting their home run, hitting their first home run. We don't say losing virginity on no, this podcast. Anymore. It's stupid. They're sexual, a sexual arrival. Yeah, arrival. right. Their sexual debut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a ball gown. <laughs> exactly. um, but actually talking to your, to your kid about sex and actually receiving sex education is so beyond proven to delay sexual activity in teenagers. It's just ridiculous that they want to keep hiding mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. uh, a first experience of sex is more likely to be wanted, protected, and competent. So we talk a lot about um, home runs in this room with people and whether or not it was... Um, memorable or sorry for the ambulance guys oh yeah sorry this is our studio so you're it's gonna, hot here it's hot and the windows are open and the fan is on so yeah. let us let us live in our sweaty hell hole with our fan and our Just open window <laughs> i guarantee you nobody even noticed <laughs> and if they did they were like hey a siren the audio nerds heard it the audio nerds <laughs> sorry guys uh, is that talk shop talk <laughs> <laughs> sorry so, i couldn't do a noise gate if you guys know what i'm talking about <laughs> We always talk about, you know, the first the first time you had a sexual experience, you know, was it good? Did you know what you were doing? And most people that come on the the, episode, the podcast are like, no, it was five Clunky, seconds. Clumsy. Clunky. It was, it was, yeah. Or it was, you know, not what I expected or I don't know what I was expecting or I was drunk or it wasn't mm. this you know, <laughs> dropping of rose petals and opening of lilies and like swans. What do you mean? It wasn't like those erotic novels and not. all like all the not. TV no, I show and movies. On the girl I was doing it with. <laughs> it's like, are you are you telling me? Are it you wasn't telling fantastic? me that it's not like Cinderella? You didn't climax the it's very the, first time. The very first insertion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you didn't come right away. Whoa! Hold on a minute. Um, when you discuss sexual behaviors with your teenagers, they're more likely to have a better experience their first time. And you want your children to have good experiences. And it's, it's a very frustrating and I'm sure very awkward and scary thing to think, oh, I want my kids to have good sex. But don't you? 
I'm sure mm. the Vikings even had like awkward conversations with their kids. Like, the tr- the Romans, the yeah. Trojans, like it's been going um, on for centuries. Don't guys. you want your kids to like enjoy that part of their life? Like I'm sure you do safely, 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 right? Safely, but like enjoy it, like and know how to do it. Mm. I mean, you don't want your kid to. It's like teaching them how to drive a car. You want them to have fun. Yeah. Hey, wear that goddamn seatbelt and and drive a Volvo. (laughs) Teenagers who are educated are also more likely to be aware of how to avoid unwanted pregnancies and also where to get an abortion if need be. They are also more likely to avoid STIs. So that is 13 reasons why you should talk to your children about having sex. Now that we have gotten through that part, Hi. <laughs> hey. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. So we have a guest on today. I'm going to do a little, um, a fun little blurb uh, about Brianna. She she has always, always loved talking about sex, Absolutely. always been fascinated by it, um, and at one point was educating individuals on menstruation, mm-hmm. and somebody raised their hand and said, what? Um, so we were talking about hygiene and also who were you educating by the way where were you so this was at my we called it the girls hostel or girls dormitory this was in Zambia mm. um, so we are talking about a different demographic and culture but I was doing hygiene and I was the head of the dorm and I was talking to my uh, room of girls and it was kind of like our night it was my check-in night and I do topics and whatnot and we were talking about menstruation because it happened to come up And we're talking about all the different types, you know, pads and tampons and menstrual cups and whatnot. They don't use tampons or menstrual cups. Because it goes inside. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but I still talked about it because, I mean, they are around. Yeah. Um, And then I had one student raise their hand and said, "Um, but miss, if I use a tampon, how will I pee? And then promptly, one of my prefects, because I was at a British international school. Oh, like Harry Potter. Thank you. Thank you. Like my Harry Hogwarts? Potter dreams for Oh, my God. I had a house and everything, too. Oh, my God. Um, my what prefect, was your house? They called it a cottage. In, I was in Falcon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We had Eagle, Hawk, and Falcon, and I was in Falcon. (laughs) Well, I'm a Ravenclaw, so (laughs) birds of a feather. Wait, what are you like in Harry Potter world? Oh, I'm definitely, unfortunately, pretty much a a Gryffindor. You've taken the test? Yeah. Okay. I also have my Patronus. Okay. A a Dachshund. Oh, that's great. Mine's a Golden Retriever. (laughs) Ladies, ladies, that's a different podcast. Stick to the sex. It's okay. Okay. Rewind. So, so then my prefect, they definitely had sex in Hogwarts. <laughs> my prefect did. raised her hand, um, and she was one of my senior girls going into biology. And she was like, Miss, can I take this one? <laughs> so she was still, and she's like, so, girls, we have three holes. <laughs> and so she proceeded to go, and she took it from there. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of one of the questions I had um, coming, and I was like, whoa. They're almost going into university age, and I had that question. And I was like, Ooh. you know what? I teach at a uh, a university in Southern California, um, and the amount of question the questions that I get sometimes where I'm actually like in uh, crying inside <laughs> at the fact that this question is has to be has asked. to be asked, mm-hmm. and that I have to be the one to answer it, and mm-hmm. that someone didn't answer that question when they were like seven and the thing of it is is they're asking like from such a curious oh, genuine like they truly don't know no and they 
Because you can tell mm. the ones. Like, I know I don't have anybody who's a dick. Like I don't have anybody. In I my don't classes. either. I have not I encountered. Have. I have not encountered the. Yeah. Oh, so like do sperm whales make a lot of sperm? Yeah. Like I've never. That's had. why the ocean's salty. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that joke in such a long time. But they really do ask from yeah. an honestly genuine place. Oh, absolutely. And, okay, so you're going to get into to Zambia. <laughs> yeah. um, she has a background in education. She has a master's of science in psychology mm-hmm. and neuroscience of mental health. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, and right now, she is pursuing... For a limited time only. For a limited time. <laughs> what are you pursuing? Um, I am getting my certification in sexual education. So a CSE, they call it, um, from... Uh, I'm blown away from... The Sexual Health from, Alliance. Yeah. You have one yeah. of those? No. What the fuck? It, no, I, I'm, I'm, I am what time the fucking myself. <laughs> like, I'm literally what the I'm, fucking over here. I'm shutting this podcast down. <laughs> sorry, everybody. I thought I'm we were doing sorry. a legit podcast <laughs> with a real educator. <laughs> I didn't realize That's that I was it, uneducated. <laughs> Can I just say, though, there isn't anything when I looked to further explore this. Yeah, right. I looked and I applied, like, at San Francisco um, State University. Yeah. Because they have a master's. I was rejected. Oh. <laughs> but it's okay. I don't think I was what they were looking oh for, God. which in hindsight, I'm Hurtful. actually glad it didn't work out because okay. there was a lot of other things, but cause they, their program is very intense. It's really good. Um, but there's not a lot. No, there's not a lot for when I got sex my, educators. No, when I went and got my master's, I ugh, wanted my master's in sex education, mm. human sexuality, sexual health, something. Yeah. I didn't want, a therapy license. I yeah. didn't want to do the yeah, six years of bullshit. Neither. I don't mm-hmm. want that. I want to teach people. Mm-hmm. And so I just got a master's in health psychology because yeah. I was like, health. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And then I learned a lot about diabetes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and blood pressure. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, well, blood oh, flow. Cool. Blood flow. Cool. Yeah, that's something cool. there. Um, <laughs> but you're when I looked for these masters, I, I was like, okay, well, I can move to the Kinsey yeah. Institute. I'm not yeah. doing that. I could move There's to Wiedner, Hawaii. Wiedner University. Mm-hmm. Wiedner right? University. Yeah. Um, the UW, the mm-hmm. University of Washington. Yep. Uh-huh. I grew up in Seattle. I'm not yeah. fucking going back. <laughs> I already did that. Sorry. Yeah. Then there's one. But we love the listeners of Washington. <laughs> no, they know that I love them, and they're proud of Just, me for leaving. I, I went to university in Washington, them. so I love Where, it too. What'd you do? Where'd you go? <laughs> no, we're gonna get there. Don't oh, talk to us. That's fine. But you got your master's in psychology and neuroscience. Yeah, of mental health. So what? Mm-hmm. What was the decision behind? That's a big title. I feel like we all have it. So no, it's very true, right? You may as well just decide. So did you do more like abnormal psych, like uh, schizophrenia, bipolar? That? that was all covered. It was, um, I did it while I was in Zambia. So I did it online. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was more of just, I, my poor husband, I told him I will always be in school. So mm. it was more of like, uh, what can I learn now? Man, so same. I did that and um, it covered all things. Um, I ended up doing like my my thesis on psychodrama, so like how that can help heal wow. those with students. I focused on students with depression and anxiety and how like acting out and using um, psychotherapy or psychodrama cool um, could help them. But that was, but I also yeah, it's I mean it all kind of molds together though, like it mental does. health and sexual health for me. So. You now work at Planned Parenthood, by yes. the way, unofficial sponsor. And as soon as they want to sponsor us, they're more than welcome to. But unofficial sponsor, Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Cheers to them. We unofficial sponsor Planned Parenthood all the time. Oh, so. well, and official sponsor, Four Sons. Oh, We're yeah. not drinking them today. Sorry. Sorry, sorry Four Sons. Um, sorry, dudes. Sorry, bros. Uh, you work at Planned Parenthood as, as a community engagement, engagement manager. manager. Do you um, go to schools? 
Yes. So, um, they, well, the really long title community engagement and education manager. Mm -hmm. Um, so we do go to schools. We go to um, junior highs, high schools. We're in universities as well. Um, we are in foster care homes, oh, nice. in the in sh- women's shelters and um, homeless shelters, and we're in the juvenile detention centers. Um, we're anywhere in a neighborhood near you. Um, <laughs> what are you teaching people about? So we have we have like set topics that we discuss. Um, usually we do them in a carousel. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We usually start with um, reproductive anatomy and physiology, then go into STIs, then pregnancy prevention, which is our birth control methods. Um, We do healthy relationships. We do consent and boundaries. And we do family communication, which is geared more towards um, parents and families. And you are... And you also have your Instagram page, but the sex lady, yes. what is that? So that started before I uh, arrived at Planned Parenthood. That was, again, coming from when my husband and I were preparing to leave Zambia um, last year. Um, we knew we were moving back here, and I just was kind of like, what do I want to do? Because it's like that rare limbo that you get to kind of choose and pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I had that experience in, in Zambia with um, my hostile girls. I had those questions. I actually had a teaching here at a school in Orange County, kind of where it blossomed. I was at a, a Christian school with abstinence only, and I was a fly on the wall in my own classroom, and the conversations being talked about and told, um, having students come up to me worried they were pregnant and having to tell them that's not how you can get pregnant. There are so um, many people that, who, there are, the statistics are out of this fucking world at the inaccuracies of mm. abstinence-only education. So, I mean, there I am sitting and like, I love talking. So, I mean, it's why I'm a teacher. Right. <laughs> so, um, I I just kind of like, there's just all these moments in life. And then, you know, like your own personal journey too as like a psychology. Yeah. You know, you kind of wonder like, how did I end up here? How am I so fascinated yeah. about this? Um, coming from a Christian background. Right. <laughs> you know, um, just realizing how I landed where I did kind of pretty unscathed, amazingly so. <laughs> and like, I can't say that for a lot of my peers. Right. And so it's just kind of like how we all came through the same thing, but we all like fell and landed so differently. Yeah. And so I tell, just realized so I want to do this. Tell me, where'd you, where did you grow up? So I grew up here in Southern California and um, born and raised in the same place and the same Christian education all the way through, even into college. Wow. Um, yeah. It's, yep. Um, Vanguard? No. Okay. Um, and this, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I really want to out them. You don't have to out them. You don't have to out them. But that's the only one I know that's in oh, Southern no, California. Oh, no. But one of, something like that. <laughs> okay. um, I mean, I absolutely, I mean, I love them because of the morals and values I had. But I realized that bubble that we were placed in and then literally learning um, what a blowjob was from a boyfriend in college because of the Flo Rider song that goes, um, you spin my head right round, oh right round when you go. And like I was when singing along like an innocent down. little and like he's <laughs> looking at me like, do you know what you're singing? And literally having a sex education from other guys that I was dating you know and I just that's embarrassing and not only that but like fucking frustrating (laughs) thank you see (laughs) yeah exactly this This is my sex education thanks Florida (laughs) you know why his name is Florida Florida because he's from Florida (laughs) it took me years to figure out I love that 
<laughs> that might have been the same voice. I'm not going to lie now. Since I figured that out, that's how I write Florida. Like, Flo Rida. Flo Rida. Like, how do you spell? Flo Rida. Thanks, Flo Rida. <laughs> yeah. It's literally an education I had from other partners. And then yeah. when I was teaching high school here in Orange County, so now you, fast no, wait, forward. No, yeah. wait. You, oh. you went to school. You got your bachelor's in what? Education? <laughs> in Spanish. Okay. <laughs> Yay! Perfecto. Which is um, so my family's from Spain. Muy claro. <laughs> yeah, sí, muy bien. Um, my family's from Spain, and literally, my parents both told my brother and I, I have an older brother, was like, "Don't get a major in Spanish." Like, okay, you already know this. Like, <laughs> Guess what I'm gonna and do? We were like both of us. Uh, this is the easiest thing for us to do: <laughs> Spanish majors for both of us. Um, we do have other degrees afterwards, but still, you're like, easy way. So smart. Um, so I did graduate with Spanish, but also education as well. Um, and then fast forward, I'm in um, teaching high school here in Orange County. At a private Christian school. At a school. private Christian school. And I'm reading the book by Peggy Orenstein called Girls and Sex, which she wrote, I think it was like back in 2010. I've not no. heard of this book. Should I read Girls it? Girls and Sex. Oh, I love it. Because what she does is she literally goes around and interviews um, teenagers and Did you have to get all your stuff approved by the school for like to sh- like to oh I was reading personally oh, oh personally okay. oh so I was like, like students <laughs> open up to page <laughs> <was> like, wow <laughs> that's 69. a crazy <laughs> that's a crazy book to get oh no <laughs> I just I happened to be reading it oh, while okay. I was teaching Perfect. Because of the instances that were happening yeah. with my students. Yeah. And I mean, as any good teacher knows, like you really care about your, your kids. And, um, and I just wanted to know more. I want, cause they yeah. were coming to me with questions yeah. and I was like spitballing it with them. And I was like, maybe I should spitball a little less and give some more facts. <laughs> right. um, and so I started reading a lot more and girls in sex. Um, they talk about, um, how there was a sex educator who Peggy Ornstein interviews and her name is slipping my mind right now, but she was like this sweet 60 year old woman teaching sex ed in schools. And she literally tells like vulva owners was like, you should know how to pleasure yourself yeah. before a guy does absolutely, or someone else tells right. you. I mean, cause that's most experiences for individuals. It's like someone else telling you, this should feel good when I do this or, hey, you know, I'm going to try this. How does that feel? And right. you're like, I don't even know what that is. I don't is. even know. Like, like what are what you doing? It's what? amazing to me. And then I think back to my own, like, how did I learn about things? Right. And it was through partners. And yeah. I was like, that's embarrassing. It's, a little and bit. And it's frustrating. And yeah, I'm it's trial and error. Practice. Yeah. How do, you, how do you learn baseball with our metaphors? <laughs> you you play, play the game. The game. But yeah. you should know how to hold the ball. Before yeah. you get to the I game. didn't know how to coach. hold it when I played T-ball. You had a coach, you had a right? Coach. Yeah. So a sex educator is a coach. You guys are the coaches. That's what I would say. <laughs> right. So you you don't want to play. You don't want to learn baseball from kids who have never played baseball. No, or think they kids know are idiots. they're right. playing, but so it's really football. I, I, or I, right. <laughs> I use the analogy. I'm like, so imagine you've never had sex, and neither has your partner, and you're going to wait until you get married. Okay, <laughs> and then a lot of Americans, and they haven't seen anything. And neither of you, like, haven't read anything. No. Haven't, and seen neither anything. of you have sex education, which is like thirty-five yeah. states yeah, in yeah, this yeah. country. Okay, that's like getting in a vehicle with someone who has never driven a car. You have never driven a car, and neither of you have ever been in a vehicle before. And then you're getting on the freeway. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, that's insane. Like one of you should know how to operate the blinker. (laughs) 
Just, yeah. just the just the blinker. I'm just saying. Is that, me- is that another metaphor? It's another metaphor. Ooh. So you went to, or what took you to Zambia? Oh uh, well. So my husband, um, he's a dentist, and so all so, that explains it. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> does it? It's great. Um, we did like a loan repayment plan. And plus, he and I love to travel. So I've lived in a few different countries. And so this was just another opportunity. So he was going to get some of it. Okay. So as a teacher, we make nothing. So <laughs> we're only going to be able to tickle his dental loans. Sure. Um, so they like offered us a few different places. And so we got to go and check out Zambia. And he went, and we went actually, and um, he loved it. So, I mean, it's been history ever since we moved back here beginning of How this year. How long were you there? Five years. You were there during the pandemic? Yeah. Bro. Yeah. And I mean, it's a completely different experience than anybody I know here. Very different. I mean, that could be a whole nother thing, uh. but yeah. No, it was honestly probably the best place for us to have been. That's during. incredible. And mm-hmm. you taught while you were there. I did a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. I taught at a couple international schools. And then I actually worked for a friend of mine who's an artist. So I worked in her art studio designing and doing fr- printing and framing. And she's a fine artist herself. So kind of doing that. And then the pandemic hit. And then I started a pod school or a micro school. Because I knew parents in the community. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we can't do this online thing. Can you do it? So I opened up like a room in the side of my house. Wow. And like did like first through third grade. You're... An so. amazing human being. <laughs> it's like punk rock elementary no. school. I'm literally no, just, in awe right Like, now. you just make it happen, right? And, I mean, you too. Like, you just make things happen if you had to. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You do. That's what you do. That's what you do as an educator oh, and as a yeah. t- as anybody. Oh, but you yeah. just, you do. You um, do it. So, what mm. we're going to do is, uh, we're going to take a quick break um, now that we know more about you. Mm. And when we come back, we're going to discuss... <laughs> We're going to discuss the state of uh, sex education in this country, and um, we're going to talk about what you do as an educator with Planned Parenthood. Um, We're going to give you our statistic of the day when we come back, and uh, and yeah, join us. We'll see you soon. And so become yourself because the past. Is just a goodbye. Teach your children well. Their father's hell did slowly go by and feed them on your Want to get something off your chest? Have a burning sex question? Call now for a chance to be live on air with What's Your Position? 513-69-69-SEX. That's 513-69-69-739. We will answer your questions, hear your comments, and play you live on air. Call us soon.
Welcome back, fellow humans. Um, that's Orville Peck, and I love him so very much. I love him now. <laughs> have not- you heard of or- Orville Peck? Have, have you heard of him? No. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> um, his voice is... He sounded like Elvis to me. Yes. Right? Oh, okay. Or Johnny Cash or yes. Chris Isaac. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it's one of those voices that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, no, no. And it's a unique voice. Uh, I love him, and Robert just got to work on this music video. Oh. And it, it's, oh, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be so I, great. Literally, I mean, I can tell you off air what it's about, but now that we're on air, I signed an NDA, so I can't mention what the video is about. No. But I got to say, out of all the music videos I've worked on, this is one of the coolest I've ever worked on. Huh. Yeah. It was so rad. The things that we did, Orville is an amazing person. I He was just a goddamn pleasure. That's what I keep telling everybody. He was yeah. just a goddamn pleasure. <laughs> he was so professional, kept wanting to work, and the dancing. Yeah. Oh, my mm. God. I really Is never appreciate it. Oh. And, and it's like old school. I can, make, I can mention that. He, yeah. He I does dancing. And he's in he's the LGBT yes. community. And he's a he's, super, so good. he's in Euphoria. He's his oh. music is in Euphoria. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can I tell you a funny story? Yes, please. So you know we're doing these big scenes and he's dancing and then in between takes he's going back to his wardrobe and you know we got the air conditioning going, got the air you know water going, making sure he's okay. And in between every once in a while the director will come in, check in, just let him know what you know next setup. This, this is what we're doing. And he comes over and I'm basically I'm a second AD. That was my position, which is basically babysitting talent and background so I just kind of made sure he got to A to B and kind of hovered around to make sure he doesn't go off into a <laughs> car away. yeah yeah. and so I'm just hanging by and the director comes in he's like hey Orville or no, they call, hey OP uh, hey I got something for you and he's on the phone with his boyfriend he's like hey Will you knock it off? I'm on the phone with my boyfriend. This is Pride Month, goddammit. Leave me alone. <laughs> it was awesome. It was great. Nice. And his boyfriend, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk. I mean, he's not on his Instagram. I, I, I looked, but God, his boyfriend is hot. Looks like uh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy in Inception, especially. Oh, yeah. Man. He no, was. Tom Hardy 1950s in, Tom, in Hardy. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy ever? <laughs> yeah. Ever. Always. Um, so, so going. Orville Peck. Sorry. Orville Peck. No, Shout out. Nice. Oh, no, we stuff. love him. No, we love him. Growing through adolescence, um, teenagers are making vital decisions when it comes to their relationships, their sexuality, their sexual behavior, the choices that they make that can change the rest of their lives. And it is our responsibility as a society to give them knowledge, to impart wisdom on these individuals. We send them to school compulsory. You have to go to school. You have to go. Uh, and, and we're telling them that they have to learn about math and they have to learn about civics and they have to learn about Greek mythology and they have to play badminton. <laughs> and then yeah. they have to take a health class that incorporates smoking, great mm-hmm. eating habits, phenomenal. But there's two days of sexual education and that's in mm-hmm. not even every state. Um, we're not giving these individuals who are in their sexual prime, prime <laughs> like you have the most sex between mm-hmm. 15 and 25. Typically mm-hmm. people have the most sexual partners. Testosterone peaks at 19. Come on like, now, just... come on. The hormones that are pouring out of these people, the desire to have sex is prevalent and the questions they have are real and genuine and Mm -hmm. there's no one to answer them except a Mm -hmm. PE teacher (laughs) who's been forced to teach health yeah 
because there's not enough PE classes or mm-hmm. the biology teacher who's like, I guess I can teach about HIV, yeah. but teaches it from a biological perspective mm-hmm. rather than a holistic perspective. Abstinence only education is not only damaging our youth's psychology, but also damaging their future lives and their future relationships. Since 1996, over $1 billion in federal funding has been allocated for abstinence-only education, even though there is ridiculous evidence to show it doesn't work. It's not helpful. And if anything, it Mm -hmm. sets people back. Mm -hmm. The sex education in the United States is not necessarily even accurate because there was a Waxman report done in 2004 that found 11 out of the 13 curriculum were inaccurate, containing unproven claims, subjective conclusions, religious fallacies, Mm -hmm. or outright falsehoods regarding reproductive health, gender traits, and the beginning of life. More than four out of every 10 high schools fails to include sex education about the correct use of condoms. Mm. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Here's the craziest part. Here's a, here's a crazy thing. 96% of parents support sex education in high school. I was going to say that earlier. <laughs> talking about parents. <laughs> and in a poll that was done by Gut I can't ever say it, but I, we love them. Yeah. 95% of parents want their children to wait to have sex before they're married. However, mm. Over 90% of individuals have premarital sex. I am going to give you my insane statistic of the day, which I found diving in a deep, deep, deep well. It's my stat of the day. Ooh. It's my stat of the day. Ooh. It's my stat of the day. Okay. 95% of parents want their children to wait to have sex until they're married, which I'm going to just talk to the 95% of you right now. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And how many of you are hypocrites? Uh, 90% of them are hypocrites. Goddamn right they You want to know what I think? Yes. Okay, maybe. <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> Very badly. That 95%... Obviously, I think it's coming from a place like if you think about them, they're probably thinking about their own hopes and wants for their sure. own, right? We we project our own like wants and wishes from what we didn't get yeah. or have. They're hoping for better relationships or better outcomes. Right. And they're just thinking they well, didn't by get marriage. Th- they didn't get this education, so their <laughs> exactly. first time was trash. So all they know is Trash. well you should have just you should wait for marriage then because right. it didn't turn out for me right. it's probably not going to turn out for you yeah instead of saying let's flip the script yeah and change this here's this insane statistic okay so you're thinking and i know that people are thinking actually the statistics that you're getting are from like recent right like people who are your age who have mm. teenagers obviously those people had premarital sex like because they were having sex when I was having sex mm. in the 90s, in the late 90s. and in the, I, How old are you? 
<laughs> How old do I look? Well, don't. I, You're I, not supposed to ask I, a lady their I age. Facial, I'm allowed. Oh, you can. I'll guess lady to lady. You can. I can. Totally allowed. I'm 32, but this eczema is making me look older. <laughs> I'm 40, so I'm trying to get an idea. So I was yeah. having sex in the late 90s. Okay. Like mm-hmm. 97, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And beyond. Like, it... It was different back. We didn't go on the internet and like mm. look shit up. This was like, yeah. you looked at the joy of we sex. We had Cosmo. Cosmo, yeah, right, 17. My mom wouldn't let me get a subscription because she knew. <laughs> she My knew. mom gave me a subscription <laughs> to Playboy. Because she's a smart oh, fucking mom. Nice. Well, Everybody I've, say hi to husband Kevin Weller. Oh. Hello, husband. Hey, hi. hey, husband, cl- close that door so we don't hear you. <laughs> oh, no, don't close it. It's so warm. Oh, that's true. Pretty freaking hot. Uh, How is you're fucking hot? You're fucking hot. <laughs> I saw those topless uh, photos from Yosemite, <laughs> and I just I met you. No, I am not sending people your topless photos. <laughs> we will, though. We'll start an OnlyFans for we you. We are going to start an OnlyFans for you and reap the benefits and not tell you anything about it. No, I'm they're not. doing non sexual stuff now. No, it's I'm, all keeping, good. I'm keeping all the money. I'm it's going make, for a good cause. I'm going to make shirts. You're on video, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Take your shirt off for the fans on the video. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we'll start. Just do a little. Just do a little. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Just be quiet. We love you. Do we need a beer? I'm no, good. Just, actually, I just refresh them. We're good. Thank you. Thank you. Can you Thank check you. again in like 45 minutes? <laughs> Thank you. So anyways, my Playboy subscription. Sorry. So anyways, your Playboy subscription. Mikey Hobbick. Sorry, I, like, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Possibly. Just, I've heard it. Maybe early on maybe. on the podcast, but if you haven't heard it, this is a great story because uh, it was my 13th birthday. But it's a big one. Teenager. Big deal. You know, we had it at Camelot. We did laser tag. Did miniature. It was awesome. <laughs> then we do the present thing and our friend Mikey right Hobbick. Yep. Yeah. She's like, I got to drive back by there. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Later. Uh, Mikey Hobbick family friend comes and gives me a present and inside he's written out and giving money to subscription to playboy and all my friends and everyone was like what uh what do i do with this he's like listen when i was your age i would go to liquor stores and steal playboys and i would get caught and busted i do not want that for you you're i wanted to pay for a subscription and i looked at my mom and she was cool with it and so i got a subscription to but playboy. let me ask you this did yeah. you know what playboy was oh yeah do you See, know why by 13 you already had it 13. didn't have it you know for certain, but you knew this was the funny part but he turned 13 in like 99 2000 so no okay. we're talking no internet like okay. well, st- little, little. Oh God, but not for little. not for porn. Oh, I found some. Don't worry. <laughs> See? Okay. Well, I, was, just- I was computer literate. But the Playboy was definitely better. Okay, yeah, yeah. Way yeah. better. But this was the funny part. I knew about Playboy because my stepdad, sorry, John, calling you out. He had a subscription to Playboy for <laughs> yeah. years. Yeah. And so I would sneak in and find him and they'd be mm. on top of his Yeah. They didn't really hide him. Right. I would they were on top of the, Good. the toilet. Mm-hmm. So when I got some my subscription, two they ra- they wrap them in black. <laughs> You like, got two to And the house. two would come in. One would go to my stepdad <laughs> and one would go to me. That's hilarious. And I got to say, I did share it with my friends. I gave a few of my friends. Nice. I would use them and then, then I would share them. Do you remember, wow, that, do you remember that story that, um, God, I can't remember if it was Nate or Bunky told where they found the stack of porn in the Oh, woods. every dude finds it. 
Yeah. The stack of porn. Have you heard about this? No. As a dude, you have, when the parents are gone, you have the house to yourself. Your obligation is to sneak in every corner of that house and find your dad's porn. Not anymore so much. It's more digital, I guess, No, do now. you remember? They found, Back it, in the they day. found it in the woods. Oh, yeah. That was a thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very common like thing. 10. Very oh. common thing with dudes, especially on like the wow. East Coast. Yeah. Oh. A lot of wilderness. Old dudes go out there to beat it off because they can't do it at the house with yeah. their wife and then Ugh, leave it there and then so some teenager stupid. finds it. It's a rite of passage. Okay, that's another sorry. conversation. We're doing the stat. We're doing the stat. Oh, sorry, sorry. We're doing the stat. We're doing the stat. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is nuts. 95% of parents want their children to wait to have sex until they're married. But 90% of adults in this country when recently polled have said they have had sex before marriage. What do you think the rate was of people who had sex before marriage between 1954 and 1963? Because this was a recent poll. The 90% of people had se- premarital sexual intercourse. Was that nine years? Why did they just make it 10? I don't know. 1954 and 1963. Because everyone's going to say, well, you know, they had so much, you know, they had better values back then. And you're, you're getting your statistics from recent polls. So obviously you're going to have answers from parents that have had premarital sex. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 95% of them want their kids to wait until they're married. Yeah. Like, what is the rate between 1954 and 1963 of people who had premarital sex. So you're looking for a percentage? I'm looking for a percentage out of 100. I think it's I think it's pretty high. Guess guess, guess goes first. always goes first. Jeez. Yeah, I've been here for a while. 73? Okay. It's pretty good. You know, what? I'm going to go with my classic 69. <laughs> <laughs> Still pretty high. Yeah. I I do because of yeah, just like that hippie love. You know that time? Oh, yeah. Right up to uh, 1969. Like, that was like the summer of love, wasn't it? Or Yes. Around that, right? yeah. So that's why I think it was pretty high. Okay. Is that when the 69 was discovered? Do we get to find out now? <laughs> no, you don't. Oh. No, no you listener don't. listener has to wait. That's, it's you for the listener wait. to get away. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Keep so, listening. Uh, so we're going to find out about um, uh, premarital sex. And and that doesn't necessarily mean that people are having sex every day. Um, it could mean that they had sex one time. It mm. could mean that they had sex with a boyfriend and then decided they weren't going to have sex anymore. It could be that they... Uh, going off to war? No, there yeah. wasn't a war. No, maybe Korean War. No, but still, like yeah. if people... That's where my mind went was like... Go to college. Mm-hmm. I mean, even people yeah. going to college, prom night is still a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. still a huge stereotype. People have premarital sex and then, and then reel it back in and don't have sex again until later in college yeah. or when they get married. Having sex one time doesn't mean you're about to have sex a million times. Um, also, by promoting... Oh, God, this is the one that kills me the most by promoting waiting to have sex until you get married, Mm. we are forcing the idea, A, that heteronormativity and marriage Mm. are the two things that we should be, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we're creating a a perception of like, if you get married, you can have sex. And so that's like one of the only reasons people get married. That's the golden ticket. And people get married at younger and younger Mm -hmm. ages and your brain doesn't form. Mm -hmm. Your brain's not formed until you're 23, 24 years old. And even then you still change as a person like throughout your life. But to tell these individuals, you cannot derive pleasure you should not enjoy the intimacy with another person until you are 
wedded in matrimony, you are creating this chaos mm. of divorce. And divorce rates don't fluctuate. It's 50 fucking percent. I don't know where I heard this, but it was um, somewhere it said we should make marriages harder yeah. to get into and divorce is a lot easier yes. <laughs> instead of how we have it yeah, now. exactly. It should be so hard to get married and you know, it has to be properly vetted or therapy or... I mean, yeah. I, I who always, knows? I always say the same thing about parenting. I'm like, it should be so much harder to have a kid. It should yeah. be so much harder to have a child than mm-hmm. it is. Like, it's easier to... It, it's, it's harder to get a car mm-hmm. than it is to get a child. Like, you just can have one. Yeah. Anyone, yeah. anyone can have one. And like, a lot of people shouldn't be having that. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot. Um, how many countries have you lived in? Oh, um, I have lived in four. Okay. If you count this one. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So you've lived here. Four. And so it's I a lived country. in Spain oh, for gosh. like a year abroad. <gasps> wow. Um, what part? In I was in Saunto, which is where the school was. Okay. Um, and so I lived there for a year during college. And then the year after college, I said, see ya to my now husband. <laughs> He's starting dental school. And I went with my best friend who her now husband was starting med school. Oh my we God. We were like, we're going to Thailand. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so she and I went off. And so we lived in Thailand for a year. Wow. And then came back. And then my husband and I moved to Zambia. So yeah. That's amazing. So question. four continents. Who had the best food? Spain. Oh. I'm rooting for Thailand. You know, but okay. I've heard good things about. I know Spain. Uh, Spain has like the most Michelin star restaurants. They do, and or yeah. like close to the United States. Listen, like if you had right now, if I told you that we, you closed your eyes and we were about to go get fucking whatever you wanted from mm. a street, like from you were gonna go to the best restaurant that has food right now. Where would you want to go? Thai. Del- Oh, I'll just say Del Taco. Okay. <laughs> Thai. I, and you know what? Yes. I mean, now to go on a different tangent, as a vegetarian, because I'm a vegetarian. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. So Spain is very meat heavy. It mm. is indeed meat heavy. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, my family is Spanish. So yeah. we know how to make the Spanish food without the meat. But when you go there yeah. and you have to ask for it without and stuff. Like, Not even pescatarian, huh? No. For the paella? No. Oh. I've tried. I've tried meat. I just texture. Uh, can't All do right, it. that was fine. Okay, but that's um, how I am with mushrooms. So yeah, I see it's texture. <laughs> but I mean, Asian food for the most part is very easy to be vegetarian. Yeah, and actually, oftentimes, um, like more vegan because there's not a lot of dairy. Not a lot of dairy. They use coconut milk. Yeah, or yeah. No like cheese in these. So no. when I moved no. back no, here work. to the states, I started eating more cheese, and I had like gastrointestinal issues because I'd lived like a year without dairy oh, which yeah. is really crazy yeah so I read a book about the gut I mean yeah you know, oh health too. psychology hi that's what <laughs> it's the gut mind connection sorry this isn't sure. a food podcast <laughs> sorry sorry I was just curious sorry sorry that's why I went uh which all plays a role in sexual it does, health <laughs> for sure for sure um so when you came back from Zambia that's really when you sort of like dove into the comprehensive sex education and the, the yeah. sex ed- and yeah when you applied for Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. you I mean was that like the only place you you wanted to work or what were you looking for I think we mentioned it earlier when I knew I wanted to do sex education I mean I'd been out of the country for five years I didn't know what that looked like mm-hmm. and when you and I had done like um Tristan Taromino she has like a hmm. sex ed boot camp do you know who that is no she wrote a book on anal sex and she's like the anal sex 
guru. Mm. Um, or they are. Um, and um, they do like, a, they, they had like a, a sex ed boot camp that I kind of was like, how to get started as a sex educator kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that. And then um, when I started at the Sexual Health Alliance, it was like, what are you all doing? <laughs> like, yeah. where are you working? Right. <laughs> because <laughs> I want to do this full time. I don't want to be a teacher and then just happen to teach sex ed. Right. It was like, no, I want to do this full time. Yeah. Um, and that's why I mean, like, you kind of have to, a lot of sex educators create their own avenues yep. and their own ways of yep. doing things. And they figure it out on the go. And that was a lot of what people said, like, we're just figuring it out. And then I literally just started, honestly, like LinkedIn, I was just looking up like sex educator jobs. Nothing came up, by no, the way. If God, you type no. in no. <laughs> oh, sexual no, health no, educator, no. nothing on comes Indeed, up. On Indeed, on Monster, nothing. But you have to type in psychology do, and then yeah. like, sift through 17 pages. But I will say like Planned Parenthood came up because of like educator. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how I got on the track of Planned Parenthood. And then they have it. It's not tight. And this is the other thing I realized sexual reproductive health educator or whatever's they not use that title because it's obviously somewhat kind of controversial know, red flag mm-hmm. or yeah so uh, Planned Parenthood's it, you know it was titled community engagement manager yeah um and literally a big part of my role in the majority of it is bringing sex education to the community um and I happened to do a little bit more research on it, and most affiliates have this role. Um, we are probably the biggest, though. Altamed has one. Um, has yeah, a community we engagement. Have, but I mean, like, we have the biggest reach. Oh in yeah, our community for engagement. Sure. Oh yeah, uh, more so than like back east or the other. Planned affiliates. Parenthood is so well known. If you come into a, a, a juvenile delinquent center, a mm. runaway shelter, a um, a rehab facility like anything like that and you say Planned Parenthood they're like yes send whoever you want like yeah sure yeah no it's um I actually quite honestly was shocked when I realized that this role even existed inside of Planned Parenthood because again I think what initially gets thought of and when you hear of Planned Parenthood is everything but sex education classes and presentations right right so when I applied for this role um uh, I kind of was like, well, we'll just see if I get it because, you know, of my background and experience, I haven't really specifically taught it, but I definitely have the passion and for it. Um, and then, yeah, here we are. I have it. And my favorite thing to do is because I come from a more conservative community, um, and I get to introduce myself and say I'm from Planned Parenthood, you know, now. Because a lot of them are like family, how friends, and whatnot. How do they respond? Like, <laughs> I, how I does, love it. How I, do your parents respond? I kind of like, oh, my parents are very supportive. Oh, good. My family are all very oh, supportive. Um, they absolutely love... They knew I was going to do this years ago. I think it was on a Father's Day. I had told my dad with my brother. We took my dad out to breakfast. And I was like... I'm going to create my own curriculum. I mean, I'm even thinking of making like a silicone vulva that has a mirror on the other side yeah. so that we can teach and show. And my dad yeah. is like, Fuck yeah. I can't believe we're having this conversation <laughs> on Father's Day, but I'm very, you know, I'm very proud of you. Proud of you and I mean, your and that drive. Was like, that was like six years ago. Um, no, they're very supportive. 
Um, but it's interesting. What I love is because a lot of people don't realize that this even depart this department even exists inside of Planned Parenthood, and um, we offer our services free for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, so we literally are more than willing to give up of our time and our expertise. We have all the tools, materials, and we come and we present and. Um, we, yeah, I, I love it. And I, it, just like you said, like earlier, I'm trying to think of all the times I've had a sexual health class or a conversation with a group of individuals, albeit like youth or adults. You, I always get asked like, do you ever have like those stupid questions from no. kids or things like that? And I'm like, I guess maybe I don't view it as a stupid question. Right. I view it as a genuine question because there's always some truth. Yeah. And like, I always answer those questions with like honest answers. As much detail as I can. And the second they realize that I'm really going to answer their question about a wet dream, Mm -hmm. like the, oh, they're like, oh, okay. Oh, Oh, then I I have, I have more. (laughs) more Can I write another one? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I always say like, I'm more than happy to answer any and all questions. You give me respect and I'll give you respect. Yes. And I mean, I honestly have not had nope to this day. I mean, it's I'm still very new. I'll say I'm newish, but I mean, I talk about this all the time, and I really haven't had any students be disrespectful or there is giggling and laughing. But sure, I, I laugh along too. Me too. Sometimes. Yeah, it's it, it's so funny. <laughs> Boobs, <laughs> right? <laughs> Penis. <laughs> I was yeah. <laughs> it's good. I worked. I I couldn't. Okay, I got a bachelor's degree. I was working on my bachelor's degree and I just wanted to teach. I just wanted to educate. And Planned Parenthood wouldn't hire me because I didn't have a degree. And I applied so many times, so many fucking times. All I wanted to do was work for them. And I started my own my own education mm-hmm. group called yeah. Shape. And I went to Orange County youth shelters. I went to Hogue rehab. Like I was, I was going into the heroin unit and mm. being like, let me talk about HIV yeah. to these people. I was going into uh, Chapman hospital and I was like, Hey, you've got youth here that are here because they're mm. re like recovering from drug abuse. Let me talk to them about sex. Yeah. And they'd be like, sure. Give them something to do for an hour. Like yeah. no problem. I, went to every place that would have me. Mm-hmm. I went to Sunbelt Academy, not Sunbelt, Sun Sun something Academy, which is a military school yeah. in Los Alamitos. CSUN? No, Sun something, and I can't remember what it is. Sun Crest or something Academy. And these are kids who are so bad mm-hmm. that their last resort is military school. Mm-hmm. And they would not let me teach them gender mixed they would not. Oh, they made you separate them. They had that was their one stipulation was huh. that I separated them, and I said that's fine, but I'm going to talk about the exact same, same thing. things in both classes. And I did. Yeah. And I, it was ne- I never got if if anything, it was upsetting because of the line of people waiting to ask questions mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. I mean these these, and I said the same thing to them. Like I'm going to give you a level of respect. I. I appreciate that you're here mm-hmm. and that you're giving me your time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use words that are honest. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. No. And that's the best way I've found to deliver sex education is to be blunt, yeah, honest, real. Mm-hmm. Like, have you noticed the same kind of thing? Like, you just kind of have to be as real as possible. Oh, they yeah. don't. They see right oh, through 100%. the bullshit. 
But I think like we all know that because if you think back, if we all think back to teachers who were honest and real versus the ones who were not like or the ones that hated their lives. Yeah. Or they hated what they taught. We all knew which teachers loved what they did, which teachers were just there for the job. We all know. Mm -hmm. And so you cannot bullshit a bullshitter <laughs> and that's what a bunch and of high teenagers are be. a bunch of bullshitters and i i mean my first teaching job was high school even though i was not high school trained i taught because of electives so i taught like computer applications geography you know like all of those culinary oh my god <laughs> all of those and more uh, english algebra um I quickly realized like you have to be 100% honest with them because they'll call you out in two seconds oh, if yeah. you're not. And you either got to man up or woman up or they up. <laughs> you got to up. You got to up. You got to up your game. Those were my friends <laughs> and they were known as the dicks. Oh, like God. their job was just to fuck with everybody. I, I was not part of the dicks, but they were friends of mine. <laughs> And it was funny. I used I used them as entertainment. A dick by association. I, yeah, yeah. doing you fucked up a, things. And you were a dick by association. Yeah. Okay. A DBA. No, I okay. I quickly learned that if you're not if you were going to be a high school teacher, if you're going to do this teaching sex education, you had to be honest. You had to give them facts. Yeah, oh God. The and facts. and if I don't know anything, and this was something I learned just in teaching in general. Don't try to be a know-it-all. Don't mm. try to know and understand. And I think that that's kind of hard for some to wrestle in this field because yeah. you're an educator. But I would often be like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Let me double check that. And it was almost like, okay, she cares. And then I'd come follow through and be like, hey, I checked on that. I noticed, this is what you need to do. I noticed that a lot when I when someone asks a question and I go, I, I actually have no idea. And yeah. I'll... I'll be like, I'll, you know, email me. I'll look it up for yeah. you and I'll have an answer for you next class. And yeah. the level of respect that increases because I've come to their level as a humble human being. Mm. And we're all just humans. Like, yeah. Dude, I was just thinking humble. There's just gotta be yeah. humble about it. I, I'm not. On film sets, sorry, I'm gonna survive a little bit, but that I'm, a lot of people on film sets, you want, if you ask questions, most of the time, if you're humble about it, they wanna, they wanna answer the question mm. because they were in the same spot you were 10, 20 years ago yeah. and they understand how important that person was that they talked to. Yeah. So, I mean, but you just gotta be humble about it. You gotta yeah. be like, you know what? I don't know. Yeah. If not, I'll look it up on Google. The frustrating part about sex education right now is that we have a lot of uneducated, untrained people teaching mm. sex education and it's a two day, three day. I ask this question of all the students that I teach, right? I teach college. Mm -hmm. So I've got like, usually the oldest I've seen is like 25, but it's typically like 18 to 22 year olds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I do surveys cause I'm a nerd and I love surveys and yeah, I love collecting data. <laughs> And I send shop this, talk. I, I got a survey monkey for God. Oh, I have so many. I do Google Forms because oh, it okay, spits yes. it out yeah, in yeah, Excel. Right, like it right. spits it out in graphs yeah, for me. Nice. But I ask how many people received sex education in junior high, and I, they raise their hand. And I say, okay, keep your hand up if you were separated by gender, and mm. most of them keep their hand raised, which is for junior high. For junior high, yeah, which okay. I find absurd. So then. That yeah. actually precedes my menstruation lecture. Mm. And I then teach 22-year-old boys about what a period is. Dude. Oh, so you're mean like 
they didn't even get like the top. No. They just got like their, their supposed gender specific. Correct. Gender specific sex ed, mm. uh, which is very different than comprehensive. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I know, you know, but for our audience, <laughs> um, we do not actually, we don't really want to split anyone up. No. I mean, for a plethora of reasons, uh, meaning everyone should know about what's going on. Everyone everywhere. should know <laughs> what's happening. You should know. You you have a mother, you have a father, you have cousins, you have Dudes, brothers, you, you sisters, You should know the difference between a pad and a tampon. Yeah. And, like, you should, you should and when I say a pad with wings, I there don't mean I just a pad are. with some chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. I might mean that, but I'm, I, will, <laughs> I will specify. Yeah. yeah. Chicken wings yeah. and pads with wings. I it's and just, ranch. <laughs> I mean, and then now, I mean, it's becoming more um, acknowledged more now. With you have intersex individuals, and you yeah. have those that are non-binary yeah. or do not identify as. But their, only in the states where they're allowed to talk about it, and uh, so we've got all these states where yeah. they're yeah, not no, allowed to talk about uh, it. Exactly. And still, in Orange County, in California, mm. there is... That's well, pretty conservative. Here. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And, they, and these kids are coming from Colorado. They're coming from Northern California. They're coming from Nevada. They're coming mm. from close by. Yeah. And they still were separated by gender. Or yeah. there's a lot of them that didn't get sex education Period. at all. And there's a lot of them that did not get a talk about STIs or mm. condom use. It was just HIV. Yeah. It was just HIV. Um Let's talk about the differences in the type of uh, education that we have. So we have abstinence okay. only. Uh-huh. I can talk about that. <laughs> which is also sexual risk avoidance. So just so the audience knows, sexual risk avoidance and abstinence only are the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're just rebranded. So the people who put out the abstinence only curriculum, which promotes no sex until marriage, um, no no masturbation, no pleasure. They don't discuss gender. They don't discuss uh, sexual orientation. And I don't believe any contraceptives. No well. contraceptives mm-hmm. whatsoever because once you get married, what's the point of getting married unless you have a baby, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so abstinence only has recently been re- rebranded into sexual avoidance education, mm-hmm. which sounds fancy. It sounds like, you know, sex is there, but you should avoid it, <laughs> which is basically saying yeah. don't have sex. And it's the same curriculum with a different name. Yeah. Do you know both of these? I mean, uh, they're very similar, right? Aren't Did they you ever have to teach one of them? Oh, teaching? No, I never taught. Um, because when I was teaching high school here, I, that, I was, so that would fall under the religion teacher. Oh, That's who what? would teach it in our schools. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure other who have grown up in like religious schools, it was the religion teacher who taught, they would teach marriage and family and it would happen your senior year. Oh. And so that's why I mean, like I would be in my classroom teaching, you know, I had, um, I had one of the bigger classrooms, so I had a lot of students hanging out and I, they would just be talking about everything but abstinence only. Yeah. And I was like, we're absolutely missing these kids. I did not personally teach it. Um, but I was one, that was kind of like where I started looking at things because they would come to me with questions because they quickly found out that if they asked you a question, would would answer (laughs) their questions. And like, it was, yeah, I have, yeah, I have a couple of stories where I was like, 
it didn't serve them and it put them in more danger. Tell me one. That's, oh boy. Well, okay. Here's one that I think happens a lot of times. When we teach abstinence only and we don't give them the appropriate tools to equip themselves, we don't teach them about birth control methods or barriers. And then we just say STIs are a thing that happens when you have sex. Well, we think sex is just... Penetration. Penetration. You know, penis and vagina. That's literally what sex is. Right. So then off we go and we do other things Mm -hmm. because we're not having sex, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we're having genital to genital contact or mouth and genital or or hand or anal, like, okay, mixture of fluids and, but we're not having penis and vagina sex. So we're fine. Right. Because no one has defined sex to us. Yes. And so then that just puts you at greater risk for STIs. And again, I have to say in my peer group, um, it, w- it happened to a number of individuals and it was like shock and horror and shame and guilt. And um, so for me, the abstinence only really puts individuals at more risk because they just don't know. They when just you have don't no know knowledge. How, when you have no education, Mm-mm. when you have no knowledge of something or when something is glossed over or when you're told don't have sex or you'll get pregnant and mm-hmm. you'll die, mm-hmm. here's some rubbers. Like that to me is one of the most disheartening and disserving ways to teach. That's like saying don't smoke. Have a good day. (laughs) Okay, well, there's like cupcake flavored nicotine. Like there's, don't do drugs. The D.A.R.E. program, don't do drugs. People are going to offer you, where are the people offering me drugs? No pills, no powders, but if it comes from the ground, it's probably okay. That's not what D.A.R.E. said. That's what they should be. D.A.R.E.'s, D.A.R.E. said. Don't do drugs till after 25. That's Robert Maine's advice. Seriously. Yeah, Yeah. because your brain stops developing. See, the two ladies are agreeing with me. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree. I think that abstinence only or sexual avoidance education is not only dangerous, but Mm -hmm. has been scientifically proven Mm -hmm. to not, it doesn't delay the onset. We are still seeing people have their sexual debut at the age of 17.6 to 18.2. That is worldwide. And, And I say worldwide because in Norway, the sexual onset of activity is the same age as it is globally. It's it's around 17 mm. years old. And they have comprehensive sex education from the time they're seven. Mm. They start school and have compulsory health education. They talk about anatomy. They talk about gender. They talk about consent. They talk about prevention. They talk about showering. They talk Mm -hmm. about hygiene. They Mm -hmm. talk about puberty. They talk about hormones. And they have the, in all developed nations, they have the least amount of STDs, the least amount of abortions, the least amount of teen pregnancies, and oddly enough, the least amount of sexual assaults among teenagers. Hmm. Mm. And one has to look at the education that their that their children is are receiving, mm. they carry around condoms like they carry around chapstick. It, not because they think that they're going to fuck on the subway, but because it's part of their everyday life is to be safe and smart in their decisions, and that's part of it. Is well, question? Sorry. Um, so they're doing. They have all this prevention, obviously. Yep. But they're still having sex the same age. Same age as Americans. Yep. 
I think you, we have to remember, I don't think, especially the Republicans, we have to remember we're animals. Yes. We're not something being better than anybody. We're still fucking animals. Yes. We're not that far off from no. gorillas and uh, chimpanzees, whatever right. one. And they fuck all the time. Yeah. So, so <laughs> what the hell? Everyone's, we're gonna fuck. And also, <laughs> no matter your religion, no yeah. matter your political beliefs, no matter it. your race. It's awesome. 90% of people have sex before marriage. Now, whether that's one time or a thousand times, it doesn't say. But this is happening. Regardless of what you teach people, they're having sex. So why are we not equipping them with the tools to do so safely? Not not just the tools, the knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Too. Well, the tools, yeah. the knowledge are the tools, true, right? True. But I mean, condoms and condoms. Condoms. Yes. Those are the tools. Those, tools. those are the tools. Physical tools and, <laughs> and intellectual actual dude tools. tools. I yeah. I have a quote here. I just want on this topic from mm. it's from Doctor um, Jocelyn Elders. Do you know who that is? No, and now I'm mad. Um, she was the first African American and second woman to serve as the U.S. Surgeon General. And she said this quote, and she's a big proponent for sex education. She said, sure, condoms break, but I assure you that vows of abstinence break more often. Oh. And then I just have like a I'm little heart shape that actually, says, AKA Jonas Brothers. <laughs> I'm actually. I'm just going to get that tattooed gonna, on her back. I'm going to write this down. Sure, condoms break, but I assure you. Vows of abstinence. I'm literally writing this down. Break more often. She also was a really big proponent of masturbation. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, we love I masturbation. I can't remember her quote off the top of my head, but I did put it on my um, Instagram page a while back. Um, just because she was like, um, yeah, it's a safe way for people to like have pleasure and we're not passing if STIs. And <laughs> she was just like, yeah, we should be talking about this more and allowing. <laughs> when I did my, my talks with high school age kid, kids, junior high age kids, I would write on the board before they would come into class. The safest sex of all is the sex you have with yourself. <laughs> yeah. And they would giggle and they would yeah. like, what does that mean? And I would always tell them at the end, well, masturbation, if you are feeling like you want to have sex mm-hmm. and you can't find someone who wants to have sex with you or um, you're not in a relationship or you don't mm-hmm. feel comfortable having sex outside of a relationship or yeah. whatever the case may be, you should learn how to pleasure yourself. Masturbation to me is a pinnacle mm. of things that we should be teaching. One of one of the pillars of, I do an entire section on masturbation when I teach my human sexuality class mm. because I had a student write a paper. She masturbated. You're going to be so proud of her. She masturbated for 30 days before she went to sleep and tracked her sleep. Oh, did she have like a sleep app or something? Yeah. Yeah. And her sleep got better. Because yeah. she masturbated well, that before makes sense bed. To me. <laughs> I, it makes sense to me. Oh yeah, when I'm, I'm not having, I'm not falling asleep. I mean, stress oh, and anxiety. Oh, I didn't go masturbate down. today. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. You want me to release natural mm-hmm. fucking hormones, serotonin, dopamine? Yep. Give it to me. Give you want that me to feel better. Oh great. So mm-hmm. and then also, <laughs> masturbation teaches you what feels good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna take another break. <laughs> Because when we come back, we're going to talk about what comprehensive sex education means to us. 
and what we hope for the future. And then I'm hoping you will play the 69 game. Oh, Okay. I don't know what it is, but yeah. Okay. I'm excited. (laughs) All right. So come back, and I will also give our uh, statistic of the day when we return. Uh, Oh, man. I'm so excited for the next part of this conversation. Please come back. When I was younger and understood, as I recall thee, hadn't mentioned this at all. Hey everyone, it's Corey and Robert from the So So Scrooge Podcast. A little background on us. I've been a school teacher for seven years. I have a brand new baby and I love to read. And I've been working in the film industry for the past six years. I don't want kids. And the most reading I do is Netflix captions. Every week, Corey and I scrutinize movies, music, video games, food, and everything in between. We have some of our closest friends to stop by to scrutinize stuff with us and share their stories. Plus, some amazing musicians we know like The Dares and Jordan from Newfound Glory. I also invite some incredible filmmakers I've had the pleasure to work with on the podcast to talk about their careers and the industry. Download the So So Scrutiny podcast for free on iTunes, Spotify, and most podcast platforms. Or visit SoSoScrutiny.com for every episode, videos, merch, and more. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Robert. I'm Corey. The So So Scrutiny podcast. What what the fuck do you want, Tom? I'm sick of Hey Mark. Hey, hey Mark. Hey uh, Mark. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at look at how I can make it bigger if I rub it. Look at this. Hey Mark, come here. Hey, no, seriously, Mark. Hey. Hey Mark. I wasn't really masturbating. I've never done that. I, I was uh, I was inspecting my testicles for weird bugs. That, that's what you say. That's what you say. If your parents ever catch you, I wasn't masturbating, I was just cleaning it and it went off. You guys wanna hear a song that I wrote about four days ago? You really don't have a choice, you might as well be into it. Yeah, you might as well act like you want to hear it, because otherwise we'll play it twice. Yeah, you bastards. Song goes like this. the harmonies for me like I love this live album by the way this is what I wish they were like live every time I've seen them and they've never been this way well I'll tell you something I listened to this album during 4th of July hang out in the backyard listen to fireworks and I put this album on like hey let's listen to some music I never realized how fake this out. This is not a real crowd. No. They recorded this oh, yeah. like in a studio somewhere. I was sad when I saw them for the first time and realized this <laughs> they do is the not jokes. what they sound like live yeah oh sorry Oh, they're bad. Oh, yeah. We've actually left a concert of theirs 
before, and we were staunch Blink-182 oh, no. lovers. That's, I still that's am. sad. That's why I love them. <sighs> I miss Tom. Tom needs to come back. I, I like Alicatrino, uh, Alakine Trio guy, but yeah. No, when I saw them I live- I almost hate to mention the artists that were like that for me. I do it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I dare um, you. Well, Britney Spears. Yeah, she's mm. not good live. But she's now weird. I understand why. Well, <laughs> she was on. So she was on lithium. So. Well, because it was her she's circus tour, so she was forced to oh, do yeah. that tour. Oh, yeah. And I saw it in Tacoma. Oh my god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so shout out Tacoma. Yeah, but the Pussycat Dolls were good. Okay. Yeah, they were pretty. New they kids, opened for her. New Kids on the Block disappointed me. Oh. Boys to Men was great though. Ah, they came to Zambia. <laughs> <laughs> like four years ago. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah it's uh, sometimes when you see like what was the other band that we saw? Oh, it was Green Day that that show? No, Green, Green Day was, was amazing. Was no, Green there Day's was another really band, cool. Saves the Day. Maybe we saw that was not good. I I know what you're talking about. Is that the Palladium? Yep. The Palladium is not a great nope. venue. It's it's a giant gymnasium. Yep. It's it, mm-hmm. everything reverb. So yep. unless they're like. Mm-hmm. Rival Sons would yeah, probably right. would be really good at correct, them. but like pop punk, no emo music, emo, no, 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 not working. Doesn't either. work. Yeah, it's all right. I looks cool. There's, there's a lot great of stage. A lot of bands that I've seen. I've heard they've redone it though. I haven't been since they've redone it, so well, we it might go. sound better. We should find someone and go. I'm down. Okay. It's a good venue. You want to hear your statistic of the day? Uh, yes, she's <laughs> finally. So like, you had you had died. seventy. I had seventy three percent, seventy three and sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. So and the I question was: so most parents, aka ninety six percent, want their children to wait to have sex until they're married. Yet ninety percent of Americans have had sex before marriage, and this was a recent poll done in two thousand fourteen. It was the most recent one mm-hmm. I could find. And then I thought to myself, a lot of people are going to question this and be like, well, obviously, like those people are young and they want to have sex. What about the people in like the 1950s and 60s when morals were real and when Republicans ruled the world? Fuck you. You want to know how many what people? What was that voice? I like that voice. <laughs> it was my I old. Want more, I want more of that voice was, on the show. It was my old white lady I voice. Like I like it. Um, between the ages uh, or between the years of 1954 and 1963, 91% of men 90. and 82% of women mm. had premarital sex. Yeah. I knew it was high. Between 1954 <laughs> between 1954 and 1963. These are our grand are some people's These are the grand- people making bills and laws for our These country. These are your guys. grandparents. These are our grandparents. And the ones voting still for yeah. these bills and exactly. laws. Exactly. So, mm. yeah. And they had premarital sex. And then and then the sexual revolution happened. Do you know how much sex happened mm. between like 1968 and 1978 when the HIV AIDS epidemic? I would love to know that stat. <laughs> the like, true stat. <laughs> you know what I was talking about actually with my students the other day? Oh. Okay. You're going to love this. So I have done a lot of research. I want to start a global sexuality course mm. where I look at sex from a linear perspective Mm. over the course of chronological time, but also time as we know it geographically, right? So there wasn't human beings here in America. So we have to go and look at the Grecians and the Romans for all of our agriculture ideas, our transportation ideas, Mm. war, religion. 
looking at it from that perspective sexually is actually fascinating. We'll talk about bathhouses. Hello. (laughs) Because when you do and then you get into America, you can actually see the ebbs and flows of sexual progression Mm. and sexual purity. Mm-hmm. So the 1920s was like this beautiful time of androgyny for women mm. and like reclaiming their sexual freedom and living with their friends and going to college and getting an education. <gasps> and then and then all of a sudden in the 1950s and 60s, we see this uptick in propaganda for communism. The Cold War happened and mm. we see this propaganda for these mothers in Russia who are don't know where their children are and, and aren't mothers because they're having sex and they're making mm. it out to be like a watch out for homosexuals and watch out for people who are sexually promiscuous. And we actually saw a like quadrupling of marriage and in younger ages of people. And the average household went from like one child to four children within like four years. And we see this all through the 50s and the 60s until the end of the 60s when we see this huge uprising Mm. in sexual freedoms. And then in the 80s with the Reagan administration, we saw this downturn of it again. And, and, And then in the 90s, it was still downturned. And then in we've kind of gotten back into it and we've sort of hit Mm -hmm. a stride with Obama and then we skidded to a halt with the Cheeto. When the Cheeto came into office, we just couldn't, no (laughs) one. It took me a second because I literally have lived outside of the United States this entire term. (laughs) Wow, you didn't have to hear him? We flew out the day he was elected. I got an IUD the day he was elected. I mean, I it wasn't him. purposeful. It just oh, was mine coincidental. Was. Good for you, <laughs> though. You didn't have the trauma of hearing his yeah, voice daily on the no. news. It, mm-hmm. I, it, when I hear his voice now, I almost cry. Mm. It makes me nauseous. That's interesting. No, it's I don't. A reaction. I don't have it's that. a vis- visceral reaction to him. Yeah. Yeah. But we've. can you see the yeah. ebbs? Yeah. You know what oh, I'm saying? Definitely. And right now, I feel like we're in a place where people like mm. us can make a difference in education and we can do things and say things that are on the cusp of of this like beautiful moment in history where there's more LGBTQ representation on television. Uh Uh-huh. Actually, there's a nice stat about that. Tell me. I wish I could pull it out. It's from GLAAD, I think. Oh, my God. I just did this stat yesterday. (laughs) It's from GLAAD. And I think, well, I'll say this. um, There's more representation now than ever before. Ever. Yeah. It actually went up 21% from Mm -hmm. last year. Mm -hmm. GLAAD, G-L-A-D-D, does a... Um, this is where we are in media project every year. Which and is fascinating. I, I know. Yeah. Because it's so nice to be able to see yourself. I mean, as white cisgendered yep. individuals, mm-hmm. we see ourselves every day mm-hmm. in the media that we consume. We see white men. We see white women. We, he, we see heterosexual people. Mm-hmm. We see people who identify as the gender um, with the genitals that they were born with on a daily basis. So Mm -hmm. our identities are confirmed regularly, but there is so many individuals, intersex individuals, um, asexual people, Mm -hmm. people who don't want to be romantic, people who are demisexual, people Mm -hmm. who are um, queer, people who are bisexual, who don't see themselves, people of different colors who don't see themselves represented. How is it just in the last three years we've gotten band-aids for different colors of people? Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. 
Yeah. I mean, it was never my color anyways. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but now yes, it's like, I get that. now there's different, co- like darker colors, band-aids oh, wow. so that people can wear a band-aid and not be it's like, not here's a giant white band-aid on my arm or my finger. Nuts to me. Right. It's nuts yeah. to me too, but that's because we just, it just is what it is for us. So to show this, to show someone that someone else is like them and not a villain, Right. Mm-hmm. So there's so many LGBTQ villains, Ursula, Scar, yeah. Jafar, like all of these people who the LGBT community embraced, you yeah. know, knowing that there was this undertone, underpinnings <laughs> of queerness, and, but they were always yeah. villains and outcasts. Yeah, and, yeah. and to constantly be portrayed that way without ever getting any education in school, especially when we talk about places like Florida and the don't say gay bill mm-hmm. and, and the way that we're supposed to just discuss sex as penis vagina the end only when you're married Mm -hmm. like it's like telling someone the only kind of car you can drive is a volvo and it has to be stick shift and you and your partner can never have driven a car before and then both of you get in the car and then get on the freeway well that's just not comprehensive sex education so please (laughs) (laughs) what is comprehensive sex education to you what does it mean to you i honestly it For me, as a sexual health educator, comprehensive means it's going to be age appropriate. Right. And I want to touch on this because I get asked this a lot. I did used to teach elementary and specifically I taught kindergarten for three years. Um, And so um, I think there's a lot of fear Mm. and I have understanding that they think I am literally teaching they're six-year-old, how to have 69 sex. And I think that there's that graphic image, and I'm here to say that's absolutely not correct. Right. That is not what I teach. Um, I think from my perspective, my own personal, I try to do gender neutral in my mm-hmm. classroom, just as a whole, in every single classroom I was in. It wasn't the stereotypical boys. Can you help me carry the tables? Sure. Or grab the chairs? Sure. You know, girls, can you pass out the papers? Right. It was like, well, girls, can you help me carry the table? Hey, who can help me pass out the stickers? And, you know, just very gender neutral colors. I did not give blue to boys and pink to girls. I purposely almost gave pink and purple to boys and I had this saying it was like you get what you get and you, you don't, don't throw get it. Oh, oh I thought get you got a different one. <laughs> <laughs> See, a teachers we have our things. Teacher. <laughs> and I mean it was so much so that my kids got used to it. And they just knew. Like and they and like I had kids that were like, Well, I love I love orange and I love green. And it was like very neutral. Like yeah. they really don't like they get it from their surroundings. So that was one thing of mine that in a lack of a better word, that's sex education. It is. Because I'm not trying to gender neutral. I'm trying to make it it's non binary. And that is colors exactly, don't have no, colors aren't <laughs> gendered. Like no, I don't not. I, that and that is what I mean when I say sex education isn't just about having sex it's funny like people always come to me and they're like oh do you teach people how to have sex and I'm like no like I've never ever ever taught a sex position in any of my human sexuality (laughs) classes ever I don't teach people how to Mm -hmm. have sex I'm not I'm not a sexual surrogate no that's not my job 
There are people who do that. Absolutely. That's not Bless me. them <laughs> and bless them yeah. For, yeah. for going there. Absolutely. I teach people how to navigate their sexuality and their mm-hmm. sexual health and their sexual identity mm-hmm. and relationships and mm-hmm. love and their bodies and their anatomy. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about children. I'm talking about yeah. know the names of your body parts. Mm-hmm. Because if you know what to call them, they're not shameful. Mm-hmm. And then someone can't come up to you and be like, can I touch your yeah. blah, blah, blah. Because you don't know what that means. Like, you don't well, know what that is. Body safety. Right. So then at about like eight or nine years old, I, I'm not entirely sure the correct statistic, but I think like the age that, um, it, the youngest age that are subjected to sexual assault, I think is... Around seven to nine. I mean, there are statistics about pedophiles who assault younger children, but uh, when it begins typically in like... A trend. A trend is... Yes. Around this prepubescent. Yeah. And because in the United States, a lot of fucking hormones are pumped into our 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 food. So we're seeing people go through puberty at 10, uh, 11, uh, yeah, and yeah. 12. So prepubescent would be eight, nine, and 10. So mm-hmm. we see a lot of prepubescent individuals getting sexually assaulted more so than the infantile yeah. range. So you're not wrong. The majority of them, it begins in this prepubescent age. So at that age, when we're talking about, again, sex education, mm-hmm. what me as a teacher would do is talk about body safety and literally that's just teaching the kids about how they want to be touched and telling them that they have the autonomy to be like hey I don't like it when grandma pinches my cheek and being like all right it's your body tell grandma you don't like that but maybe give another option or no option like hey give me a high five give me a fist bump I'll shake your hand or if you don't want to hug, that's another thing too. Like you don't have to hug. Um, and there is there was like a story that went around about this parent who didn't make their child give their friends hugs. And one friend got upset and was like, why aren't you telling your daughter to give me a hug? And they were like, I don't, my daughter will choose who she wants to hug. And if she doesn't want to hug you, then she doesn't want to hug you. Yeah. Like I went to Seattle to see my family. I love, I have nieces and nephews. I am... I don't have children because I don't want them because they're awful. <laughs> but I love my nibblings so very much. Mm. Like just an, uh, enough for f- all of the love. I have all of the love for my nibblings. And this last visit, my niece Huckleberry was not in an affectionate mm. place or stage in her life. And so I would ask her, can I have a hug? And she would say, no, thank you. And I'd be like, okay. And so I didn't get a hug mm-hmm. from my ne- my niece, Huckleberry, my entire visit home. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. She held my hand. We got out of the car and I was like, Huckleberry, can you hold my hand, please? We're going to walk across the street. And she would hold my hand. So, mm-hmm. you know, she, I mean, she's not being unsafe, but like yeah. she's not, she wasn't in a phase of wanting to hug. And can you imagine as an adult having a bad day and someone being like, hey, kiss me on the cheek right now. Like, fuck you. (laughs) Or someone walk, like, could you imagine, dude, if if you walked into my house today and I pinched your fucking cheek? Like. This would be the end of the podcast. (laughs) The last one, not the one before this, actually. Right. It's just, it's an absurd thing that we're asking children to do. Give your grandma a kiss. Why? I think it comes from that age old, like, again, there is that upbringing of like, 
I'll say like cisgendered women have to be very welcoming and warm and yeah. accommodating and all of this. And I mean, as children in general kind of evolve, like all children, you have to do this and it's polite and it's kind, but truly you're just teaching them to just conform and mm-hmm. just do. And so then that really makes them easy. And targets. that their bodies aren't their own. Yep. And easy targets. And so then they don't know what is allowed and not allowed. And then, so teaching body safety gives them the freedom and their choice about what they want to happen to them. Like I want mom to braid my hair. I don't want, you know, grandma to pinch me or I'd like to give fist bumps now, or I love hugs. Tonight I want, tonight I want dad to tuck me in. Yeah. No, it's just choosing. Um, and then also because it, then it opens up honest conversation between the child and the parent. And that's really what this, what you really want. Yeah. You really want the child to feel safe because parent is allowing them to choose for themselves so that when something does happen or something maybe later on or whenever they feel safe, like they can go and talk to an adult or to mom or dad and say, Hey, this is happening. I'm not comfortable with it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you have that conversation. Whereas the other times where mom is telling you to go and give hugs, mom's not a safe person. Right. Because mom is telling you to like this person. Right. Telling you to go to these people or individuals. Right. So for me, it's just letting them and giving them the responsibility to choose for themselves what they want. And that happens at a young age. But as a teacher, you are doing this in English class and you're doing this in in geography class and you're doing this i did it yeah so it's it's like it it, to me like for me yeah this happens sex education isn't necessarily Mm. a class yeah it happens in between it's a social Mm -hmm. sort of integration that we teach people manners right please and thank you (laughs) and also i don't feel like hugging you today yeah i'm having a bad day Thanks, but this is my space and you're in it. Like, and that is sex education, teaching Mm -hmm. boys that they can. Boundaries. uh, Teaching boys boundaries. Teaching boys that it's okay for them to like the color purple Mm -hmm. or want to dance. Purple's my favorite color. Purple is your favorite color. It's not a lie, actually. My shoes right now. Liking to dance or or mm-hmm. or I'm not wanting, dancing, no. wanting to cook, wanting <laughs> to learn cooking. how to cook. It doesn't belong to. A, it's not a gendered thing, no, and this is part of sexuality, and yeah. that's what people mm-hmm. don't understand is that this 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 push towards banning sex like human sexuality or sex education is them being afraid that we're sitting here in a classroom honest to god like showing them porn yeah i definitely show porn um in my human sexuality class i show deep throat which is the first ever full length porn and i show it because i want i don't show the whole thing i show very specific clips what age groups do you show it to before 18 to 24 okay Okay. Just, just and I that. tell them ahead of time we're watching porn today. Yeah. If you don't want to come to class, they don't need parents to sign a waiver. For no, this no, they don't. They're in college now. Yeah, you're gonna see the first porn ever created. Here you go. I show them the first porn mm-hmm. ever created, which is um, a man and a woman kissing for 12 seconds. That's mm-hmm. the first porn ever created. Like a, yeah. On, yes. On yeah. a yes. Oh, black wow. and white. Yeah. Back yeah. in the day. Yep. Yeah, nice. And they're actually not really kissing. Like if you can imagine, like if two people were showing you their profile but also looking at you and so it was just half of their lips were kissing that's what it is and it's 
mm-hmm. not even porn. And so then I show them that, and then I show them some like uh, same like like porn of mm-hmm. of women in the big dresses that they have to pull. Oh, like, what they call what they call that? Like back before, like porn became like mainstream. It was known as like uh, like under like. Like under like no one really talked about it. There's another word for porn. I'll look it up. Hold okay. On. You know what I'm talking about. I do, and I can't think of the word. And then I show them Deep Throat, mm-hmm. and then I show them a mainstream like th- like 30 seconds of a mainstream free porn online porn. porn. Free online porn. Yeah. Type in anything. Type in boobs. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and I want to show them this because I want to show them the difference in media and the mediums that we use. And I want to mm-hmm. show them that yes, pornography is rampant and and it is way more prevalent now than it mm-hmm. was. 10, 20, 30 years ago. Stag. Stag. Stag films. Stag films. Oh. Nice. Yeah, that's very true. When like weird groups of old like Stag white men, dudes would like you know that go the, around the, a film projector and watch did you porn know that, together. Is it's that so where weird. the same Stag go, party? Yeah. yeah. Bachelor parties? Yes. But, that used to be because they, they, they used to just go watch One dude porn. would have a film reel. Yes. One dude. Isn't that cool? And so they'd have to this like. This is why I want to teach the history of sexuality. Like it's so fucking yeah. cool. But. Dudes are weird. Dudes are. Everyone's weird. Like. And there is lesbian pop. Uh, vintage pulp. Uh, comics. That mm. were in the 40s and the 50s. And. I just. It's the medium with which we watch these things. You know. It's the medium with which we teach people things. So if we allow people like eight year olds. Nine year olds. And ten year olds. To get on our Instagram. And see. I mean, you can't scroll through Instagram now mm-hmm. without seeing what would be considered indecent 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. What would be considered illegal and punishable by prison 50 years ago. Yeah. This podcast would be arrested. Oh my for. god, I I always say if yeah. we if we ever turn into Gilead, I'm one of the first ones getting killed. Like I'm oh, literally going to go yeah. on the wall. For All sex sure. <laughs> for sure I'm going on the wall. There's no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. But I go down with a fight. Oh, I'll fucking I'll die on this hill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> take yeah. take me the fuck down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have to remember that when we are educating people, if we don't talk to them and we don't provide a safe space for them, they're going to find it somewhere else. I think that's another big thing about sex education and sex educators um, is a big part of it is just making sure that we create a safe space in our classrooms or Mm -hmm. with whoever, whatever room we walk into and who we're talking to, they know immediately we're not going to be judgmental. This is a shame-free environment. We're sex positive and they can share and ask questions and they will be answered respectfully and honestly. And we have no ulterior motive. No. Like we don't, we don't really. I just want individuals to have knowledge to make better informed decisions. I have an ulterior motive. Oh, okay. I would like people to have <laughs> orgasms. Oh, I mean, yes, there is the orgasm gap, which definitely. Oh, do you see Lori Mintz's book I, right to your right over your shoulder? The oh, orgasm gap. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I okay, yeah. So I teach sex education, and then I teach sex, sex education. <laughs> um, and that's that's more like my Instagram page. That's my fun outlet. <laughs> like that's that's that side. That's your little league. Yes, exactly. And then that's like college ball. Yeah, and yeah. you go to the major leagues. Exactly. Yeah. Where we're playing with toys and stuff. Because <laughs> if we didn't receive the sex education, neither did the adults. Nope. And when I started this venture you know, X years ago, um, I realized it was people my age and older that were coming to me 
with a lot of questions. Oh my God. And it was, and like almost in, almost in a desperation mm-hmm. because it had been years of whatever. Can I ask you a question? Oh, okay. I'm so excited. <laughs> kind of the point of the podcast. Actually. So no, but this question I actually hadn't prepared for. Oh, <laughs> I have to explain to my husband regularly this problem. Do you have people who ask you super in a, like if it was any, if it was like, if you weren't a sex educator, this would not be an. I'm in line at Starbucks. Oh, this, this would not be an appropriate question. Yes. It's like, happened because someone knows you and or says, "Hey, this is my friend. She's a sex educator." Mm-hmm. And then happens. someone comes up to you and they're like, "Hey, I can't get it up." And you're like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's that's that back for just a minute." I have so many friends who yeah. come to me for relationship advice, mm-hmm. who come to me for how to please their partner who come to me for um any and I'm like guys I'm not a sex therapist like Mm. there's a big fucking difference like I have an opinion on a lot of things I'll give you my opinion (laughs) I've read a lot of books Mm -hmm. about I can suggest some books for you I educate students on like the history of sex and like how sex affects us mentally and where your clit is yeah (laughs) That's basically my job in a nutshell. I I have to I have to say since I started researching more and reading a whole lot more and doing like obviously I feel better informed. Yeah. And like personally, I'm just like much more interested and fascinated by all facets in my personal life and exteriorly as well. So then I think, well, I this I happen to be specifically in this field and I'm like having my mind blown yeah. by all of these stats. Regularly. And, like all the time. God, the books, the books. I mean, the books that people Can I just writing. say, if, come if as I you die. Are, have you read Come As You oh, Are? A couple of can times. Can we just, can we, like, the, my, my copy has like fucking like tabs just and Just recommended highlights. it today. No, it's, Did I you think it's watch textbook. The, Principles of pleasure. Yes, I've already seen this. I'm assigning it <laughs> yeah. in my human sexuality class. No, I, I like those are for me. That's part of my work. Yeah, more shop talk. That, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. For, oh, and like oh, love, sex, and goop. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I, oh I, god, I've actually communicated with some of those. Like you know, like so for me, this is my work. I consider this work, and I'm having my mind blown, and I am seeing my own like leaps and bounds of like knowledge open up and just amazingness happen. Yeah. So for me, it's almost hard for me not to share that. Yeah. When I do have friends who come to me and I'm like, oh, I know. Have a seat. <laughs> I know. I have people texting me. And I'm like, okay, we need to get a beer. Like this <laughs> yeah. is not a text yeah, conversation. Yeah, we do a podcast on this. <laughs> yeah, well, see. Do you want to come on the podcast? Here we are. And yet, here we are. Right. I do. I do have. I do have um, people who do come up and just ask me, and they do have that sense of because they know I talk about this. So then it's like that. The wall drops. Yeah. And for me, I, I'm a hundred percent okay with it. Yeah. Um, I haven't had any like creepy or weird incidents yet. I've had a couple from like other than Instagram. Yes. Like I mentioned yep. before. Yep. But yep. those I navigate just fine. Me too. <laughs> I'm good. I, so wait, wait, I, you guys get weird questions on Instagram? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? It's just the nature of the game. Nature of the beast. I hear that. I'm sure they are weird. And they, know, they know you guys it's are females. Your ladies are females. It's not weird like, a like, hey, what do I do if I have a spot on my testicle? It's, hey, do you want to suck my dick? Oh. 
It's a little guys, bit more forward. Come on, guys. Can I send you a picture? <sighs> yeah. So I, I say, <laughs> I often like send I was going like, to say, oh, at least they're curious. <laughs> I'll be happy to consult you. Coming soon, OnlyFans. Fine. But no, it's, 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 it's an odd field to navigate. Someone said to me, you work in the most dangerous field. My sister. My God. Oh. It was Lindsay. I was upset because I had a, a review. Uh, one of my students mm. gave me a review that said I was, uh, I used language that was harmful to mm. the trans community. And oh, okay. I lost my mind and mm. could not believe that I would have said something ever that would have offended somebody because I do my absolute best to make sure that everything I talk about mm. is on the up and up and is reg is like within five years of yeah. being reviewed. And I, I do my best to use the pronouns that mm. are presented. I have people put name tags up the first day with their pronouns. So yeah. I don't misgender somebody. Yeah. Um, and I got, I got a terrible review and I, I, it, I called my sister who's an educator and I, was crying and she goes, Ashley, you work in the most dangerous profession because it changes every day mm -hmm. and you will always offend somebody. Mm -hmm. There's never a day that goes by that you don't offend someone. Yeah. And you don't even know it. Like you're offending people all the time. Just by talking about <laughs> sex. By existing. <laughs> and you're going to be on the wall when we turn I, into Gilead. So. I think my favorite <laughs> thing from that, because I do, I also feel that as well, because it's constantly changing again, having moved from Zambia <laughs> I here, can't even imagine. Um, you know, pronouns, and that wasn't a part of my everyday life. Right. It is now, and I find it very important, and yeah. I try to work very hard. It's Brene Brown who says, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm her. here to get it right, not be right. Right. So I, I use that mantra quote. for myself because it's, it's, it's okay to be wrong sometimes, but then make sure you're fixing it for the next time. I love that for film sets. I'm going to bring that in. I'm not, where was it again? I'm not here to be right. I'm here. Oh, wait. Wait, I'm not here to get it. I'm oh, here to, to get, get it, it right, right, not to be, be right. right. That's right. I love that. I'm here to get it right. Because, be I mean, right. even the right. most veteran filmmakers learn something. Yeah. You learn something new. Oh, constantly. God, you should always be learning. If you're not learning, mm. something's wrong with okay. you. Okay, all right. On the spot, what did you learn today? Uh, I learned that... Um, yep. I learned that I should go to Thailand for late night go. food. There you go. That mm. Thailand has better food for vegetarians than Spain. There you go. You yeah. learned something today. What'd you learn today? Uh, in New Year's. <laughs> I was like, oh. sorry, I started it. <laughs> I gotta think of one too. Um. Oh gosh. Um. Oh, that the Obama administration, because I was looking it up, like gave the most money towards. Um, yes, they did. Comprehensive science. sex education. Yep. Uh -huh. And I did not realize it got taken that. all away yeah. when the Cheeto came into power. Yeah. No, I did. So I did learn that. So. Mine is uh, my cat, Frank Sinatra, really likes watching YouTube videos of birds. Okay. I learned that today. <laughs> he hates sitting on my lap. I bring him my lap and I pet him, but he like wants to get down. But today I put birds on my laptop and he sat there for like 15 minutes. Just, wow. He wasn't attacking. I was like thinking maybe he like attacked my computer. Yeah. But no, he just sat there and just watched him. And sorry, that's what I learned. Sorry, I you didn't learn anything from the podcast? I learned like, cats are awesome. All right. Oh, I learned I everything from the. I learned a lot from the podcast. You do. Come on. You do learn a lot from the podcast. It's and our listeners true. should too, as well. It's true. It's it's accurate. Um, we are going to uh, play a game. Mm -hmm. 
that we <laughs> oh you poor thing uh i play this game with people i know regularly mm. okay it's the first time you come on the show you have to play the game and it is a rite of passage okay so if you don't play the game you can't come back <laughs> I'm going to play the game then. <laughs> and I'm kidding, obviously. Um, all right. Producer? <clears throat> yep, yep, I'm getting it. We I'm are going it. to play. She's, she's downing her seltzer so that she can actually answer these questions. Uh, uh. All right. I am going to ask you mm-hmm. as many questions as I can okay. in 69 seconds. I'm going to close my eyes so good. I can think. That's good, right? Okay. Get rid of one sense. <laughs> you can pass, but you won't get a point. Oh, okay. But so you can pass points. at any time. You're looking yeah, for I'm points here. <laughs> you have got to answer What's the, the question. What's the most point someone has gotten? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, okay. It's in the 30s. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. No okay. pressure. No pressure. Yeah. I'm going to start at the bottom because I've created new questions. I'm going to start at the bottom and go to the top. Okay. I, it's random, the questions that I ask. Okay. The sex lady. Okay. Are you ready yeah. to 69? Yes. Lake or ocean? Ocean. Favorite season? Winter. Finish this line. yippee Kaye. <laughs> Motherfucker. Who's your team? <laughs> Raiders. Favorite place to vacay? Spain. Favorite snack? Cheetos. Horror or comedy? Comedy. Do you nap? Yes. What drink do you order at a bar? Cosmo. Do you like oral sex? Yes. Hugs or handshakes? Handshakes. Favorite sound in the world? Ocean. Wine or beer? Wine. Captions on or off? Off. Have you ever been to a concert? Yes. Top or bottom? Top. Do you have a name for your generals? No. (laughs) Do you watch porn? Yes. Do you believe in ghosts? No. Do you masturbate? Yes. Have you ever faked an orgasm? Yes. Have you ever sent nudes? No. What Hogwarts house are you in? Gryffindor. When was your first French kiss? Oh, 19. Android or iPhone? iPhone. Hot dog or hamburger? Hot dog. Books or movies? Books. Strangest place you've ever had sex? <laughs> Namibia. Favorite <laughs> swear word? Fuck. What's your biggest turn on? Uh, veins and arms. Biggest turn off? Smoking. Call or text? Text. Would you go skydiving? Yes. Are you afraid of the dark? No. Do you smoke weed? No. You ever played spin the bottle? Yes. Would you rather be attacked by 50 duck-sized horses? Oh, no, that's as oh. Or one long, horse-sized that's a long duck. One. What? What? Would you rather be attacked by 50 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? <laughs> one horse-sized duck. <laughs> one horse-sized duck. Doesn't count. That's been the 69 game. <laughs> How many Holy did... shit. How many did she get? What is the record, Ashley? I think it's 36. We have a new world record on the 69 game. 37. Oh, my God. Well I have done. To, I have to go back because I think Nate holds the We don't record. have official, like, we don't have, a, like, oh, a board. We, we need an intern. Search. If anyone wants to yeah. be an intern, let me know because we need we'll an intern. In, I, yeah, we'll interview you, but... And I'm not going to lie. I totally lied. I like the mountains more than the ocean. Trust me when I say, okay, so we just did this where someone, my, my friend said, have you ever played this game? And I was like, no and And so i played the 69 game and after we were done he was like you lied on like four of those (laughs) i was like look on like easy ones i was just answering the questions it it wasn't necessarily like i was just picking whichever the second one or whatever Mm -hmm. psychology because i wanted to get it done no i hear you (laughs) right i wanted to be i want to be the best the winner you are okay i think so thank you you might be Thanks. Congratulations. No, that was fun. I do, enjoy, I do enjoy that. So we want to take 
uh, a minute to plug a few things. Uh, first of all, I'd like to give our guest the opportunity to plug whatever they'd like. If you have a book that you're reading that you love, if you want to plug your Instagram page, if you'd like to plug someone else's Instagram page, tell me oh. what you tell me what you're reading, what you're feeling, where you where people can find you. Plug all the things. I am currently currently reading a couple of books. I just finished The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. <gasps> it's on my bookshelf. Yeah. So that one I just finished the other day. I'm also reading The Ethical... Um, the Ethical Slut is right there. Oh, no, no. But I oh. have that one on yeah. my queue. <laughs> it's Ethical Porn for Dicks. Damn it. <laughs> um, that one. And also Aging, Sexuality, and Disability. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I, would I, get, okay. I love... I love the elder population. I love them too. I almost went into uh, geriatric psychiat- psychi- psychiatry, but oh. I did sex education instead. Uh, you, st- you can do both. I could. Combine I them. Co- I could. I told my I'd come to her home and bring my vibrators <laughs> to all of them. So I still might do it. Um, yeah. No, I mean, and then my, my Instagram page, I'm small. I do it for fun. So? so I'm that sex lady and literally it's just whatever conversations come up or topics or things that are of interest. I do a post. I do not have anyone that manages it. I don't have like a, I have to do a reel twice a week or something. It's for fun. I do it because I enjoy it. And yeah, it's cool. I got to say, I love that handle. That That sex sex lady. lady. I'm kind of bummed we didn't think about that. (laughs) I'm pissed. I mean, I'm happy with what's your position. (laughs) I am too. We spent like weeks. Weeks coming up with this name. That sex lady. That sex lady. lady. Well done. Because you know, you're like, what's it? What's it? What's her name? What's it? Oh, it's that sex lady. lady. Perfect. The lady with the sex. Yeah, that's where it came from. Uh, we want to here at What's Your Position begin in our new season <laughs> shouting out to some charities that we feel deserve love and attention. Um, I want to make sure that that we're focusing our attention on things that need our focus. Um, and so today, in honor of you mm. and where you work and the swag that you brought us... <laughs> We would like to give a big fat shout out to Planned Parenthood. I am doing a GoFundMe for Planned Parenthood. I am making shirts and tank tops um, that all represent some form of pushback against the Roe versus Wade decision that was done by the supremely shitty court. Um, And I am going to donate all proceeds to Planned Parenthood so that they can delineate those funds as they see fit, whether that be helping individuals cross uh, state lines to get the health care that they need, um, or if that needs to be health care within that state. I I trust Planned Parenthood to to use this money. And I'm I'm trying to get my goal to $5,000, which is what it would take for two individuals to get a cross state line uh, abortion. So... If you are interested in donating to Planned Parenthood, please go to my GoFundMe. It is on my Instagram page, which is at What's Your Position Podcast on Instagram. I am going to have the shirt designs up this weekend for you to pick from. Um, you will have many, many options of donations. We've done them in, in sexual positions. So the missionary is $15 donation. Um, I love the that cowgirl one. is $30. The 69 is 
$69 and the dual <laughs> orgasm is $100. So beautiful. However nice. you want to organize your donations, I'm go excited. right ahead. If, if $15 is what you can give, I appreciate it. Um, and I will send you the shirt of your choosing, whether it be in tank top or t-shirt form, black or white color. I have all sizes. I am, I have all designs. I'm, I'm ready to mm. fulfill the needs of the sex positive, health positive, Planned Parenthood focused individuals of America. Well, thank you. And That's beyond. awesome. Yeah, I love them. We love Planned Parenthood. Um, we are immensely grateful for you. I, I, you know, you reach out on Instagram and you hope that you, you find someone who is like-minded or you find someone who has the same, you know, values as mm. you. It's, it's, it, it's difficult to find someone who not only shares that, but who can spitball like sex ed <laughs> curriculum. <laughs> And no talk shop talk shop man it's um it's, it's fun it's it's a breath of fresh air mm. and uh appreciated and so needed in this world and yeah. i think the more we talk the more we educate and um the more knowledge we put out into mm. the world the better humans that we're gonna be and well thank you yeah thank no, you i mean thank you to your work too i mean yeah. we're it's just awesome we're all in this together yeah exactly as some sort of horrible teen show said at one point. <laughs> All right, who are we listening to at the end? Who am I shouting out to? This came out today. It is Cartel. They haven't made music in like a decade. Wow. And they are doing a new comeback and they're awesome. Go Good listen to Cartel. Them. Good for them. Go Cartel. Nice. I love them. Um, please call us. We've actually had an influx of calls since our Justin Lee Miller debut. Um, <laughs> thankfully, at 513 Six nine sex. That is five one three six nine six nine sex. It's a real number. We have real voicemails that we are going to be doing a quickie for uh, in the upcoming days and weeks. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if this is your first time listening, we appreciate you so much. Please go back and listen to previous episodes. We have so many different topics that we cover, from masturbation, sexual assault, abortion. Romance, anxiety. Go listen to a Bunky episode. He's great. He is. He is great. The <laughs> Firefighter episode is great. The uh, Go Fuck Your Face episode is great. BDSF's uh, Don't Yuck My Yum is great. Um, one of my favorites is my Menstruation May episode in season one. Um, our friends, April and Renee, who did the Platonic Life Partners, is a great episode. Please check out Justin Lee Miller's podcast at Sex and Psychology. I did the Faking Orgasms and the Relationship uh, and Attraction episodes. Those are phenomenal he is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. God, I love him. I know. Ugh. Please make sure you follow that sex lady because she's amazing. Wait, who? That sex lady. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sex that lady. That sex lady, you know? Brianna, that sex lady. <laughs> Will you come back? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd love to have you back. Yeah. Do you have anything all else you, you want to plug? Keep me going. But yeah, let's sell that. We got it. We got hot bites and cold seltzers. See? That's all I need. <laughs> That's it. That's all we need. Talking about sex is a good day. It's always a good day when you talk about sex, right? Yeah. And when you educate the masses. Yeah. Education education is, is the way forward. And um, I cheers to you and what you do for a living and how much you educate people. Cheers to you. Thank you all for listening. Stay safe. Stay kind. Stay sexy.
What's Your Position podcast represents the opinions of Ashley Weller and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of error. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy. Thank you.